We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. The Parkins and Spiegel Show. If y'all ready, give me a hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Speaks came in saying he strongly disagreed with something that I said on the internet. Taunting. In my opinion, that should not be a penalty. When a guy catches a 54-yard pass in the AFC Championship game, Mm -hmm. I don't expect him to stand up and be Barry Sanders and just hand the ball to the official. Like, I like that stuff. Oh, it's everything. It's the ball that's standing over his opponent. Oh, won't somebody please think of the children? What kind of an example are we setting? Right, but these guys are role models, whether they want to admit it, whether you want to admit it, they are. I am not a role model. Parents should be role models. You celebrate all you want. Like the bat flip? The bat flip in the direction of the opposing dugout and like the pointing and all of that stuff, that has a lot more merit to me than the bat flip towards your own dugout. Look, I'm all for it. I I think if you flip and you do it with honor and respect and joy and passion, I'm all for it. You cross the line when you start staring people down. Trash talk in pro sports. Taunting, spiking a ball in a dude's face, dancing in a dude's face, little bit of bad blood. If I don't want my kid to do what Zay Flowers did, uh-huh. that is on me. I understand, that but... That is not on Zay Flowers. How's that going in the world? How are parents doing at all of that? Well, that's not Zay Flowers' you know? responsibility. You notice how football's whack now? Things are changing? When I came up, dude, football was a gla- it was gladiated. It was angry. It was angry. Like, when we hit somebody, when I played, if you hit somebody and he didn't get up, like, we didn't hold hands with the... <laughs> with the other team and pray like whole hands and all everyone prays for him to get up we used to do a indian like sell a hump dance circle around like oh 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 and our crowd's like he's paralyzed that's right oh 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 we be looking for his mother crying be like that's right lady that's what you get for letting him out here with killers he can't even wiggle his toes take his socks one, two, three, and here, here we go. go, Jim. Here we go. Here we go, Jim. Here we go, Tony. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Afternoons from 2 to 6 on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Oh, man. Anytime you can get Patrice O'Neill into your life, you know that's going to be a good day. 
Spirited conversation yesterday, as always, right here on the Parkins and Spiegel show. And yes. you loved when I got support from a certain kind of phone caller <laughs> yesterday. I anyway, mean, they say, look around, see who your allies are, and then if you're not terribly comfortable with that, uh, uh, you know, who says re- that? Re-examine your position. Who says that? Oh, people say it. Well, people, people what say do it. They know. People say it. Well, we appreciate yeah. people. That's for damn sure. Yep, 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 yep. yep, yep. Uh-huh. That was great. It was perfect. All I'm saying. All I'm saying is people should go back and listen on the Odyssey Rewind feature of your podcast page. And check out the calls that came in. Sound. Think about who supported me. Uh-huh. Who supported Speaks. That's all I'm saying. So what I'm saying is this. Okay. Is Ben Johnson going back to the Lions? Good trend. Transition. Thanks, buddy. No problem. Is that going to help Bill Belichick actually get a coaching job? Interesting thought. <laughs> if you're the commanders, you go to Aaron Glenn, <laughs> or do you pivot now and go to the all-time great and save a little face and say this is what we always wanted to so do? So I'm surprised at what happened with Ben Johnson because he passed up opportunities last year to go back to Detroit. And obviously a year younger – but it made a decent amount of sense. They had two first-round picks. They were in great cap position. He had the whole offensive line locked up. Like, there was a pretty high – like, if you were paying attention to how that season finished, uh-huh. right, that there was a pretty good likelihood that they were going to be good this year. It's why I picked them to go to the Super Bowl. It's why they were the favorites in Vegas before the year to, sure. win, to win the North. It's a pretty safe bet that they were going to be a good offense this year All right, so for the, a full season. Right, so there's the strategic level and also the human level of him last year saying, man, I want, I want to be a part of this. I, I built this thing. Me and golf got a thing. Let's see how far we can go. Right. Then this year – he does what they did for the last six games of last year for the full 17 of this year and twice in the postseason mm. and once in the postseason in a loss. On the, they didn't lose that game because of the Lions offense. You know what I mean? Like they, they were great. So I'm thinking, all right, Ben Johnson, great play caller, salvages Jared Goff's career, postseason success, two years of sample size, 37 years old. Yeah. Go get these gigs. And our guy, Boomer Esiason, says he's going to be the next head coach in Washington. So I look at the Washington job. I'm like, all right. Red hot GM candidate from the Niners who built arguably the most talented roster in the NFL over the last five years. Yep. New owner. With tons of money and incentive to be great. Unlimited money. In a place that it matters if you win, Right. Just a sleeping giant of a franchise is how everybody describes it. It was one of the best fan bases in the NFL Uh that was systematically had their fandom beaten out of them by Daniel Snyder, but now the new owner there, New Day. And the second pick in a draft that is considered to be great with quarterbacks. Second pick, though. Yeah, second pick. Second pick. So who knows who they're getting? Zach Wilson, the second pick in the draft? Zach Wilson was the second pick in the draft. Okay. Yeah, I mean, e- Ryan Leaf was the second pick in the draft. Sure. E- yeah. e- easy. E- Mitch Trubisky, second pick in Mitch the draft. Mitch Trubisky, second pick in the draft. Sure. I mean, so super easy to, to get it wrong, but just second, like it is. But second quarterback in the draft yeah. can be Patrick Mahomes, can be Tua, can, can, can be very good players, sure. can be the second quarterback in a given draft. Well, let's go back to the human factor again. They just got knocked out. They're going to be really good again. Yeah. He's he really likes working with Jared Goff. They made magic again. Yep. They're that close to the Super Bowl. Clearly very empowered by Dan Campbell. Yeah. Let's him be the play caller. 
goes for it on fourth down more than any Man. team in the NFL, which allows him to have the whole playbook available to him on third down. Yeah, he, He's got a truly great number one wide receiver, and I'm, I'm on Ross St. Brown, uh, or at least great possession receiver, if oh. you don't want to call him a true number one. I mean, dude, they've got their offense yeah. and Jamison Williams. Jamison Williams came, just showed you. Came on late, former 12th pick in the draft with burning speed. Yeah. yeah. He's got two great running backs he can work with, a rookie tight end who might be one of the best in the league. Best offensive line in the NFL. Right. Yeah. So th- there's It's a great situation. And Loyal enjoys himself uh, with, with Campbell, good vibes, all of that stuff. And the, now I'll go back to the strategic part. If you're him and you're probably going to be able to write your own ticket – you know, this year or or next, probably. How about going to work with a veteran quarterback so you don't have to build one? You I, don't have to mold one and teach one. I, I Has Ben Johnson ever molded one and taught one in no. the way that he'd be asked to do? They'd all of a sudden go be a whisperer. You work with Jared Goff, who knows what the hell he's doing, and you figure out, oh, what he does well, and then you mold that. Maybe one of the Chargers' job and go work with Justin Herbert. You know, well, right, and that's not available anymore. Well, but so that—that's the thing, though. Or he just wants a veteran quarterback and do it that way rather than mold some kid. So Schefter put out there that his ask financially was considered outrageous. He didn't use the word outrageous, but it was considered, it was a lot. considered high for someone without head coaching experience. If your theory is right that he wanted the Chargers' job, problem with the Chargers' job is. Everyone wants the Chargers job. It got Jim Harbaugh to leave alma mater. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Be like, the, when those jobs come available, you are competing with a lot. You know what I mean? Like, at, the ability to coach Alex Smith was available. They got Andy Reid. Russell Wilson got Sean Payton. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like when when when, when quarterbacks that are veterans close enough to their prime uh-huh. who the league says they're good enough to win a Super Bowl with, you are competing with potentially Hall of Fame coaches yeah. with experience. And just in those examples, obviously it worked in Kansas City. And then now we'll see if it works in L.A. And Herbert is, that's a unicorn situation. He's five years, how old's Justin Herbert? 26? Yeah, I mean, it's a crazy good situation. More passing yards than any player in the NFL at, at his age. So, like, I'm just saying, like, for a first-time head coaching gig, I actually thought in the NFC, in a big market, sure, uh, second pick in the draft, new owner, great fan base. Uh-huh. I actually thought that was a pretty damn good job well, for Ben Johnson. You know, I always find it, empowering and kind of exciting when people seem to choose happiness like you, I know you do and well and, and, and this guy <laughs> and I'm like why didn't you take the money well but uh, the money was not offered apparently based on what he asked for right well but we don't we don't know I mean Washington was on the plane they're on the plane right, on, it wasn't on their way over. there it wasn't over he's got two more years on his deal to be the offensive coordinator he's not gonna get a raise like there was no holding a gun to their head to get a raise according to Schefter that that's not the issue here he's on a really good team with an incredible upswing tons of momentum and he gets to work with guys that he's obviously very comfortable with. I find it I find it endearing because I, so often the inverse happens where like, hey, let me go make myself the head coach. And like, oh God, this kind of sucks. Yeah. It sucks for a while. And then maybe eventually it'll be great. But meanwhile, I'm 37. I'm spending two years making a lot of money, but my life sucks a lot more than it just did. Well, this is, I mean, it's relevant for the Bears for a number of reasons. For the be- sure. The best team in your division retained 
one of, if not the best play callers in the NFL. I guess you can't give him the best because Kyle Shanahan exists, but mm-hmm. he is he is on the list of top play callers in the NFL, top offenses in the NFL. They stay very, stay very strong. Also, this is just like a fun sub angle. We've got a good old-fashioned uh, source-off, boys. Two hours ago, Adam Schefter. Yeah. Ben Johnson was not the head coaching lock that people thought, and his asking price spooked some teams, per sources. 38 minutes ago, from Adam Schefter. Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson has two years remaining on his contract with Detroit. His deal was not adjusted to stay, per league source, proving that money is not Johnson's biggest motivation. The Lions still could opt to adjust the contract down the line, but it's not the reason that Johnson returned to Detroit today. Johnson is loyal. Source off here. First source from someone in Washington who's like, this guy was asking for way too much. Second source, Ben Johnson's agent. He's loyal. <laughs> they could adjust the contract, but money's not this guy's motivating factor. He loves it. There, uh, he loves it. Sure. It's two years left. But, I mean, hey, if they want to adjust the contract and give him more They're money to stay, to so. we're, we're open to it. But source. if you do, we got, a source. we got a source off, ladies and gentlemen. If you're a team that was interested in Ben Johnson and you now pivot to Aaron Glenn, aren't you kind of like heartbroken from the hotter sister and you're going over to the one you know a little bit less than the less hot sister you were you were on the plane to interview both and the offensive guy who's younger with the side of success side of the ball that had more success in Detroit took, yeah. your, took his name out of the running okay you're, but that's a football that's football yeah, I'm yeah. talking about hot sisters yeah, it's, the, oh, right. it's the ugly sister well I think everybody okay. would rather less hot less we're hot. not saying ugly. so oh, my bad, my here's bad. the question does the let does the less hot sister ever say you know what I know you really wanted my other sister. No, do they? Or do they just go and, and take the job and, and enjoy themselves? Depends on good, good looking the other person is, I guess. Well, like the be. one that's, that's uh, courting the less hot sister. All right. I miss less hot sister. Like, like if it's Carolina, <laughs> if it's Carolina, I don't, I don't want anything to do with that. Right, if, but, if it's but, Atlanta, I, I'm, I'm a little bit more in on Atlanta than Carolina. Washington. Washington, man. Yeah. Cost of living there is way too high. It is expensive. I don't know how people do it. Still attractive. Be, be the head coach of the football team. You can't make fifteen million Probably a year. Okay. If they go back to Redskins, that's what that's that's what you're going to draw the line. <laughs> that's, that's good. You got to go back. <laughs> that's good. Uh, um, and I don't think this is a terrible thing for the Bears. Terrible? Yeah. No, and potentially great. I think we we have yeah we have there's multiple reasons multiple Bears related reasons here to discuss. All right, well we we will we will get into this. Ben Johnson back to Detroit in what is all of a sudden an absolutely loaded NFC North, and I don't mean all of a sudden just because of this decision. Like over the course of this year, this division became loaded. It's Parkinson Spiegel on the screen. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Chris, Mad Dog, Russo. You it, guys are the best. The it, both of you. Afternoons on the score. It's going to be tough. Everybody in our division is going to be loaded back up. And, uh, you know, you're not hiding from anybody anymore. Everybody's going to want a piece of you. And, uh, which is fine, you know, which is fine. But, so it's hard. You want to make the most of every opportunity. And we, we had an opportunity and we just couldn't close it out. So that's Dan Campbell, who everybody loves, players, fans, and fellow coaches. Ben Johnson told the Seahawks and the Commanders, thanks but no thanks, I'm going back to Detroit. And they're floating from his side. He's loyal. He wants to win a Super Bowl. He wants to see this thing through. Sure. Other people are floating that he just wants a whole boatload of money. Some texters are saying, well, maybe he doesn't want to be a head coach. No, he wants to be head coach. He's 37 years old, and he took five interviews this cycle. He interviewed five teams. He he definitely wants to be a head coach. Sure, but he gets to pick and choose his spot, and he's allowed to consider his current spot with uh, happiness and all of that. Of course. But I'm just saying, I don't think that, like, maybe he is – I'm not – spinning sounds more cynical than I mean it. Like, to your point, if the Chargers would have offered him the job, maybe he takes it. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think he is choosing this simply because of happiness. He he will he will leave for a head coach. There's job. only two jobs available. You can go work in Seattle if they there's want you. There's two jobs you. available now. Right. Yeah. 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 So there, there's only two jobs uh, available right, right Seattle, now. Seattle. Seattle and DC. Uh huh. Um. It, it, no, until I, next year. Until next year. When Matt Eberflus's defense sputters a bit and Caleb Williams everything and anything we all dreamed of, but it just feels like it's time to swing big and weaken your division rival Mm -hmm. at the expense of strengthening your young up and coming and on the come team. And the bears hire Ben Johnson away from the Detroit lions to be their next head coach. If Caleb Williams looks any good, yeah. Danny, then Shane Waldron might be credited with doing a pretty good job, he a might, decent he, job. Yeah, sure, absolutely. So you're going to bring in an offensive head coach ahead of your offensive coordinator who's got it all figured out? I mean, I don't know if he'd have it all figured out. Uh, I don't know. Well, I'm we'll, just saying it's possible. I hear you. It's possible. But here's the thing, and we'll talk about Shane Waldron a little bit later on. i got a lot of thoughts that have been percolating. I haven't been around to, to, to talk about it, but – Matt Eberflus was really, really good against Ben Johnson this past year. Yes. Really good. In one game, they gave up 31 points. uh, Yeah. Three possessions in that game, they took their foot off the gas and sat back on Jared Goff and allowed them to roll down the field, basically against a prevent in a hurry-up offense. I mean, 
Yeah, but it, what, what was at the end of the first half? Yeah, I know. They, they, the same mindset took over. We dissected the hell out of that thing the next day and yep. the, the first three days of, of, of that week. Why the hell did they change up what they had done? Hopefully, Eberflus will learn from that because the defense was dominating the great Ben Johnson in Detroit in that day, other than those that possession at the end of the half and then the two quickies at the end of the game. And the offense didn't do enough to put that thing away. Right. And, and then here in Chicago, it held him to what, 13 points? I remember that game well yep. because Ben Johnson looked good and was doing some interesting things in the first half. And then Eberflus and the Bears' defense stood up and, and stood strong. Eberflus is a good game planner, man. He's a good game planner. And so I, I'm, not, I'm looking forward to those games next year. Bears, yeah. Bears got a Bears got a real shot, and and, and schematically, is Eberflus like has he been dominated by Ben Johnson? No, no, he has not. No, he is not. So you know, before we get to the end of next year, when you already want to fire Eberflus and replace him with Ben Johnson, let's get to the two games where the Bears have a chance to stick it well, up I mean, and give twice. You you you've got Eberflus as the coach for the next maybe. Next year, for well, sure. I, I, next I, I, few years. I agree with you on next year. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. I agree with you on next year. Yeah, no, but I mean, listen, you're, you're a, in terms of the possibility. You're, you're. A, what, what are you? A floose head? <laughs> I'm not a, a floose head. A, a floosanatic. Uh, meaning what? Yeah, that's well, a good question. That's what I'm asking. Uh, I'm how, how, do you, how, do, how do you label, label yourself? In, how I'm do an, you identify? I'm an influsiest. You're you know? an influsiest. I'm an influsiest. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Does not matter. I'm, I could I'm, care less. Uh, well, you're, thanks, a bi- you're a big fan. I'm enthusiastic about him. You're enthusiastic. I, I have a lot. Of, I, have, okay. I, have, I have more enthusiasm than most here at the radio station. That's Seemingly for sure. Seemingly than all. You think so? I, yeah, I don't know who I, else it would be. I believe. I mean, I guess Grody likes his hairstyle. Well, yeah, Grody cops that. It's, but it's like, I, I, they're clear. They clearly are building something really healthy. And really collaborative with a good vibe on that team. And Ryan Poles believes in it. Yep. And now they've got an offensive coordinator who can run an offense on his own under a defensive head coach who's a proven play caller now for three years. He's got some issues, obviously. And who may not be one of those guys who's just dying to be a head coach at the very next drop of the hat. We, it, you know, I don't know if Shane Waldron is that guy who's dying to do that necessarily. You might be able to, to do something Right here and have it have it go okay for a couple of years. There, there's <laughs> that, my enthusiasm. There, there's an endorsement. You might be able to do something right here Amen. where it goes okay look, for a couple of years. Look, can you put that on an obvious shirt, please? Or is that Man. better as a billboard? Would that sell season tickets? I don't know. Am I, I not going to gather some more enthusiastic people? With I that? take it. <laughs> like if you said right now, you got to take okay for a couple of years. Like, yeah. yeah, I take it. Well, you might be but it could able be. It could be even better. Some things right here I, that might look, be man. okay for a couple of years. <laughs> That's how I want my NFL team. That's what I want them aspiring to. That's what a case. What a case that he just made. Hey, man, look, Raheem Morris has, has built something very, very nice down there in Houston and a rookie quarterback and a first-year offensive coordinator. D'Amico Ryans. Uh, D'Amico Ryans, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, so D'Amico Ryans and, and built something very nice, and a, and a, and a rookie quarterback and a first-year OC made some magic. There's, yes. it, 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 there, there's an example right there in front of you why things might be okay for a couple of years. We have a few years of a head start on Eberflus before he gets yeah. the great quarterback, rookie. You know, I, I, I th- and how are things going? How's the defense going? They were balling out. Uh, yeah, against bad teams. Like and, and they, 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 I, I'm just saying, they, they they might be good. But all right, shot on the south side. Excellent caller. Wants to weigh in. Uh, 
Shad, Ben Johnson, 2025, you with me? Man, look, first of all, I want you to clean a little of that KC barbecue sauce off the table up there. Because obviously, you looked at that game plan. You can't tell me he Matt Nagy that game. You can blame Dan Campbell, but his approach in that second half is he played out the loose. A lot of decisions put on the owners of the head coach. What if Reynolds you know, catches the ball? You told me he was the best offensive mind available this offseason. That game didn't reflect it. Secondly, he scored 31 points on the road. (laughs) I'm not going to argue with you on that, man. Come on, man. You want to be objective about that game? That was your guy going into the offseason. He scored 31 points on the road. I thought he had a good game. game. He did in the playoffs before he was hired by the Bears. So the reason that he's not, quote, unquote, looking for a job is because I believe a lot of those opportunities disappeared after that game went zero. But anyway, my question for you for real is in terms of Justin Seaman, okay? Looking at this Super Bowl, if you put Justin on either one of these teams in the last four, the last four teams that remain, in the Lions, the 49ers, the Chiefs, or the Ravens, yeah. which team do you believe would show or reflect him having the highest ceiling on those teams? And the reason I'm asking is because that profile is sitting right there on the Hallis Hall with one off season. And if you pick the right team, you'll know exactly what I mean about that day. What's up, Speaks? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the call, Shad. So do, you, do, you hey, think he, do you think he's saying San Francisco? Oh, well. Is that the point? That if, yeah. you, if you build around him? I think so. Him, I they, think they, so. They, oh, okay. That fields could be Purdy. That's I mean, a really flawed comparison. The things that Brock Purdy is good at are not the things that Justin Fields is good at. I mean, Purdy showed you a little off-schedule stuff, which was gravy, but Purdy's the guy who throws it on time, quickly, very often, to guys and gives them lots of room to get yards after the catch. That is not Justin's pocket quarterback game at all. I would love to root for a team that is disappointed in its offensive coordinator when they score 31 in an (laughs) NFC Championship game. Hey, there's optimism for both baseball teams, though, in town. Yeah including the White Sox. In fact, we're going to start with them before we get to the Cubs. Parkinson Spiegel on the score. What a fantastic turn of events if you love the Chicago White Sox. And I'm falling in love by the breath. So this is happening. Like, it's not reported yet as a done deal. But it will be. But it this seems to be... When, not if, based on what a ton of people are putting out through back channels to media sources. And Rob Manfred doesn't do that if it's not happening. He, Yeah, this is not a back channel when Rob Manfred comes out and says it to Crane's Chicago business. I, I, but what I'm saying is that, like... Oh, yeah. I, I'm just saying, a, a, yeah, this... Everybody in media is like, hey, you know, I've heard from someone uh-huh. that's like, you should be talking about Amen. this as a more urgent issue than how you guys are ter- talking about it. You know what I mean? Like, we've all heard that from various people around the White Sox or the industry or whatever. There's there's a reason that so many people got excited when that story broke and with the detail that was in there in that story. There's a reason that I couldn't help myself and had to sit down and write a column about it the next day because it is the perfect spot there on the 78 near downtown. It is uh, a really a realistic timeline And as Rob Manfred told Crane's Chicago Business and his reference there in Tanny's Bump, this can be financed without the public having to vote on some new 
and scary allocation of tax funds or otherwise. Manfred laid it out for you, like some of the big ways that this is going to happen. And Manfred doesn't do this without the blessing and the alignment of Jerry Reinsdorf and White Sox ownership. No matter what their relationship is, and it's complicated, he doesn't go out and do this without the endorsement and alignment. So if they're going to be able to, like, the, the details are basically the hotel tax is going to pay for a large chunk of this, so they're not going to have to ask for that much new money. There is That's an, at least like the, the very yes. abbreviated version of how they're going to sell this to people. There is an existing 2% tax on all Chicago hotel rooms, and Guaranteed Rate Field will eventually have all of that debt, all the bonds will be retired later in this decade. And that means that the portion of that 2% hotel tax that has gone to the White Sox is now going to be up for grabs and could go back into the general fund. Okay, salute general fund. But how motivated is a mayor going to be and a governor going to be to keep the White Sox in Chicago if, when this new stadium is going to be that close to downtown and it's a hotel tax, which is out-of-towners coming to pay. It is not asking your locals to pay. It is I, a, I, I, I contribute. Well, well yeah. I, the, staycation, the staycation. The staycation's a great sure. move. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But especially when the Bears are going to be leaving to go to Arlington Heights, the Hang city— on, Shane. Shane. Don't want you contributing. <laughs> yeah, if we, the White Sox get a new stadium <laughs> that's paid for by out-of-towners like yourself— you're no longer allowed to do staycations. Yeah, stick in Rosemont. Rosemont's great. We, yes. don't, we don't need you. Uh, no, 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 That's a shorter drive. Shorter drive here. as well. Yeah, you can't do it. It's very I'll nice. They got a Gibson's out mm-hmm. there. It's mm-hmm. great. Yeah, yeah, I can't there's wait a to. sugar factory. You can go get yourself some <laughs> <laughs> fruity drinks at the sugar factory. I can't wait to Schomburg see has a lot of nice hotels. Uh, right? No, you leave my parents alone. You don't go to Schomburg either. I don't trust you out there in the Northwest Burns. Staycation at Shane's parents. The point is we don't want a dime of Danny's money to be in this stadium no. whatsoever. I'll provide the signage. <laughs> yeah, we know you will. <laughs> it's perfect. If they let you in. It's perfect. They'll uh, let me in. Okay. They'll let me in. I know so, you. So, yeah. <laughs> so that that existing 2% tax will just, just go right over, and that means you're not asking for property tax money or anything like that. So there's that, and then there's this other I stuff. I don't put this in the nightmare category. <laughs> MLB is not going to finance the stadium directly, but indirectly they have stadium development costs that they can cover from the team revenue sharing payments. So like Manfred mapped out two ways that the Sox can pay for this that will not require some new referendum of public funding. And that is everybody's universal stopping, uh, you know, universal stopper to this thing. City's got a ton of issues. Sure. This team doesn't draw huge already have one crown jewel neighborhood ballpark why in the world would we pay a billion five for the second baseball team in town right that's that's the counter argument to public funding but they're not you're not gonna it's not gonna register as having to pay that new million billion five i I get and i'm pulling that number i understand yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and the other thing is that like it's it's a good deal from the city's perspective. It's going to be a very appetizing deal. There's a lot of baseball games, man. This is not nine football games or ten football games when you count preseason. This is 81 baseball games with hotel rooms that need to be dealt with and lots of walks to the drugstore and lots of yeah, you know bars and other things getting their money in an already populated part of the city. Listen, it'd be very cool to be the only city in America with two neighborhood ballparks. 
That would be very cool. North side neighborhood ballpark, south side neighborhood ballpark. No, no one else could claim that. That that would be an incredibly cool thing for the city. And if they do it right, and the vast, vast, vast majority of new stadiums are awesome, it's gotten much harder with league oversight to mess up the construction of a new stadium. It's 81 baseball games plus you could get concerts there. You know what I mean? It's a, it is another venue to revitalize the neighborhood. I still think it appears to me to be a little small and congested for what they might try. Like if they really do try parking restaurants and stadium on that parcel uh-huh. that does strike me as a pretty tight fit well but they have city planners and architects that know way more about that stuff than i do like i it i, it, I guess it, what i'm saying is there's public transit nearby it's a robust neighborhood already yeah not everybody's gonna need to drive so they'll have i don't they'll have one real big lot maybe one other lot for some tailgate and and and, and stuff like that but there's a lot of existing bars that are going to become satellite white Sox bars in that in that neighborhood yeah you know and, and, and by the way just new stadium will feel like rebirth well that's the thing it is such a big issue for the the lifeblood of an organization it is bigger than how bad that team might suck this year. It is bigger than if Chris Getz is any good at this job or if Pedro Grafol should be fired as a manager or if Colson Montgomery pans out. Yeah. We're talking about a new stadium that could be here in five years, something like that, then with new revenue streams that sets you up for a couple of decades of potential relevance and competitive balance. It's a massive, massive issue, and it's bigger than whether the team's any good right now. Well, we talked about it last week when they announced that SoxFest is coming back next year for the 20th anniversary of the 05 team and the 125th anniversary of the organization Mm -hmm. and what else it could mean. Is it unveiling blueprints and renderings? Is it fan feedback for a new stadium? You know what I mean? A new TV deal. Where are the games going to be in, in two years, which is very up in the air. Like, there's a lot of questions. Who's going to own the team? Like, there, there's, there's a lot of questions. There's going to be a lot of change for the White Sox. Yeah. Ownership, where to go to games and watch them, and like how to watch them on TV, where your stadium is, who owns your team. That all feels like it's changing in the next five to ten years tv tv will be first stadium maybe second and then ownership third is the order but that all feels like in the next 10 years that will change for the white Sox. that's all in play that's all in play and the the horrendous vibes that loom over the team and the organization for fans have a have a chance to get cleaned up progressively over the next couple of years like with that we'll pivot to the negative yep it bad, is the team on the field. Team. Yeah, that's still, team. The, still the team on the yeah, field. Yeah, the, team, the team's not very good. The no, one who's no. cutting the ribbon? Uh, the ribbon. <laughs> <laughs> Quote the ribbon, never more. All right, no. Um, Mike's going off. Mike's going off. Mike's going off. Shows at the ribbon. It speaks. I don't know about this ballpark. You know, this Moncada. I don't I don't think he's trying very hard. <laughs> I know he's probably so not. What about this ballpark? Talk to me about Moncada yeah. first. What's up, Spigs? <laughs> Oh my guy's shot out of great nowhere. Call. Yeah, it was a great call. <sighs> yeah, so it's it's large. It is and large, it, and there that is reason for optimism. But there's a lot there's a lot of Sox fans who can't see it, who can't see it that that far out, or can't see. There's a lot of Sox fans that can't see optimism. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, honestly. And, and I get it. I get yeah, it. Yeah. But this is this would be a very, very good thing. You back in, Shane? Excuse me? Just curious. On the White Sox? That's what I'm asking. When I see them break ground, and when I see them move on from the current shortstop that they have, when I see someone other than Gavin Sheets putting out yeah. quotes about how people don't expect anything from them this year and they're going to prove the haters wrong. Mm -hmm. Gavin Sheets last year had a negative 1.8 war. Gavin Sheets is not who I'm going to, to to establish the integrity and the motivation of my ball club. When the White Sox decide to put money into the payroll and development and try to get winning players and a winning attitude here that doesn't involve Danny's crap-ass Kansas City Royals and their their morals from that organization where they don't even Cubs watch that. porn, <laughs> so then the, I'll be back in. So the shorthand is you, Not need, yet, guys. you need the White Sox to be allowed to watch porn. That's the shorthand, No, right? that's just a funny throw-in. Uh, okay, my bad. Yeah. That's yeah, productive. no, I hear you, but here, ideally when you have a new stadium like that and you're opening it up, you're timing it out where your investment in player development and your investment in scouting is all manifesting right about at the same time and you're a decent team. Uh, ideally, you want, you want that to happen. This texture says, we already have two baseball teams in neighborhoods. How is moving it up the road any different? That's, I mean, it's yeah, amazing. Good point. It, no, it isn't. No, it isn't. I, I think I, I think I'm going to support Danny for a second here. I think Careful. Danny's You're saying sure. yes. I'm going to stick my my flag in this ground. I think Danny's saying it's great to keep both of them as neighborhood stadiums, not to then make the White Sox a team that also has a neighborhood Look, stadium. Bridgeport, right? It, Bridgeport is a neighborhood, I, I, and, I, of, and it's of course, in, of it's course a, it is. It's I a mean, lovely, in the city. There, there will be it will be in the city. It will be among the buildings. It, there will be a city backdrop. I know what you were saying for for the stadium. It will be a city ballpark. That's but, all I mean. Of course, Bridgeport is a neighborhood. And Bridgeport's a lovely neighborhood. And, and, but here's the thing. It's one of the best neighborhoods. And it's in the city, and there's buildings by it, believe it or not. But, okay, <laughs> but, hold on. I, I, for some I reason, know. I have this overwhelming urge to continue to defend Danny. He means within skyline view. <laughs> like, you can look out past the outfield, past the scoreboard, uh, and see those... Bi- you guys have skyscrapers? Yeah. You see those skyscrapers. There's also public transit by the current ballpark, well, this too. this is the difference! <laughs> like, but, I know that. But, I've been. Something the, by an expressway, maybe. You yeah. know what? Put it on the water. Let's put it on the water. Float it out there. The difference, though, from the team perspective is this. They don't own anything that's near the stadium. They don't have any revenue streams except the bar across the street that's part of the parking lot that barely anybody goes to and the one little souvenir stand that's there. Hindsight 2020, just, you know, my two cents here. Maybe if they would have had a better team in the ballpark, they would have made more money around the ballpark. I'm just going to say that. But, But here they are. They're about to build like their own structures right next to it in their own little ballpark village which completely changes the math of what you can do about the size of of the space i asked shane i was like am i crazy for this one speaks you've been to pnc right i have not yet been to pnc okay so shane did you feel like pnc generally speaking in terms of where it is in in the downtown city center of pittsburgh it, it's small. Like, it's it, like all the other buildings are right up on top of it. You've got the river on the other side. Yeah. So that limits what you can do. So there's similarities here. But I think PNC, is like, it certainly felt small in the downtown space. So you might be looking at, you know, obviously not the same capacity as PNC. But it seemed like PNC Park was a little smaller. Right. So it, I did feel small, but I didn't feel cramped. And it did it feel nice to be kind of 
enshrined into the city with cozy. the ballpark. Yes, yeah, it's cozy. Yeah, Co- it's you're pushed up against the river just like you would be with the new White Sox stadium, but they got their use out of it. Sure, and and the north side does extend all the way to Wrigley, you know, all the way up there to 3600 in a nice comfortable way, and the south side, man, I live there trying to combine Bridgeport and the South Loop and bridge that, you know, with Bronzeville and through and then beyond all the way to Hyde Park. It's obviously a very stratified and divided part of the city. This right off of Roosevelt means that it's incredibly easy to take one bus or walk from downtown, ride a bike from downtown, which is the King Bleep way to get to the ballpark. Everybody anyway. knows that. Right. But it's, so to your point, like downtown adjacent neighborhood ballparks might have been another. And website. I also think they're going, we were talking about this earlier. I, I oh, think feeling the support. they're going to be able to do something Piranhas. the Bears have not been able to do in terms of their public transit. This is close enough to the Roosevelt Red Line where you can build a tunnel underground from the underground CTA station to get to that ballpark in that area. Man, that, and then you're getting rid of completely the like the frustrations that Bears fans have trying to get to Museum Campus and back. So if I'm at Flo and Santos uh, at Wabash and 13th and I'm trying to get to the park, are you telling me there's going to be some kind of tunnel I, I, I could yeah. go under? Well, you might not be able to do it from Flo and Santos. But I could walk it, over to the red line and just use the tunnel right there to get to the ballpark. Or they could put staircases on Michigan Avenue going downstairs like they do from Millennium Station up here closer to like city center. I got to so say. It's all possible. Shane's White Sox tunnels feel a little bit like Dustin's floating Bears stadium. Not at all. That's ridiculous. What about a, what That's about a, a slap in the face, dude. What about a bullet train that would get you from Florence Santos yeah. to the ballpark in two seconds? Now, the end of the airport. Come on. Now we're talking. How about flying gondolas? How about that? For the first time in a long time, I'm offering you a level-headed solution <laughs> to a problem that's uh-huh. great throughout the city and you're crapping all over it. How about it? a floating tunnel? Could we have a floating tunnel? Do they do that at all? I'm going to flood the tunnel. <laughs> Don't drug test Shane today. He's backing up Danny. He's got these practical <laughs> ideas. Very I, I broke behavior. dry January. I had an entire bottle of whiskey for breakfast. Uh, Good. That makes that's, sense. That's perfect. That checks out. New broadcaster. You haven't been. You haven't been here to talk about. I have not. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> A new opportunity. New day. Well, what were the vibes last week on the hiring of of, of John Schreffen? I think that I, he, I heard I heard him talking with you and Aunt Harris. I, I thought he came across well when he was on the show. Uh-huh. Uh, I said that he's in a he's in a he's walking into a tough spot. I think I, I, he won't be the reason that people get mad, but you know he's says he's got to learn about Chicago and he hasn't done a ton of baseball and the team's going to be bad and he's with the most established analyst in the world. And yeah, don't do national stuff. Then you know what I mean. It's just. There's a lot of landmines that are that are out there, and uh, you know, but he came across great. Yeah, when he was on with us, I uh, I thought he came across well with you guys as well. I, I can say this, having uh, just done a season of the PBP and knowing a ton of broadcasters and kind of talking to folks, um, big big surprise in the industry, massive surprise, super interesting, um, counterintuitive choice, and it reminds me more of Hawk Harrelson or Ed Farmer than it does of Jason Benetti in that this is not, you know, your traditional baseball broadcaster who has risen up the ranks and done time at AAA or done, you know, done time, you know, done games for another team. I mean, the other finalists, I mean, Will Fleming has done what? 800 games with the Red Sox and then multiple, a lot. Yeah. And then multiple years in AAA, John Triffin, I, I think has done 
30 MLB games, maybe 20 MLB games filling in on Sunday night baseball. Did some KBO, right? Did, yeah. did some KBO, um, did, did some college baseball, but this is a yeah. very non-traditional uh, kind of hire. Um, got reviews from some folks in the industry, some bad ones, some good ones. I've never heard him do a game. I have never heard him do a baseball game. I know that he's going to make Stoney the star. You know, and it's it's very much gonna gonna set up Stony, and he won't sound like, you know, a Syracuse play-by-play um, cookie cutter kid who's trying to find his personality. You know, I, yeah, I mean, okay, yeah. Well, I mean, or just any, even if it's not Syracuse, <laughs> if it's that hits too close to home. I just think, I mean, that's just ridiculous, but that's okay. Like stereo, like just typecasting and stereotyping. I'm talking about a young broadcaster. Who yeah. who is trying to find a personality? This is a guy with a personality who's trying like, to but like Jason Benetti, who well, has a personality. Oh yes, yes, he certainly does. Right. Yeah. Who wants Syracuse? Right. And who was not a young broadcaster in his in his twenties. No. I went to the Harvard to... of this industry, Syracuse. Yeah. No, I'm certainly not bad mouthing Jason Benetti nor any number of, of of other guys. I'm saying that there's a lot of people out there who sound very similar on their way up and trying to figure out their personality and who they are as a broadcaster. Mm-hmm. This is a guy who knows his personality and is is coming at it from that perspective. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Keith in Shorewood is on the score. What up, Keith? Hello, gentlemen. So one other point that I want to just share, which I know is not being talked about, but I can see this happening. The the Bears will wind up going to the Sox stadium and retrofitting that <laughs> and staying in Chicago. I mean, it. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, it, it's th- an easy getting. The parking lot's done. All they got to do is tear out the outfield and ret- retrofit that thing, and they're done. But why, but why would they want to do that? Why, they could stay in the city and – they could say the city and Brandon Johnson gets his wish of having a brand new baseball stadium, and then he has a, a football team that has their own stadium because they don't have to worry about the park district anymore. Oh no, no, I and see why the gets- state. I, I see why the city would want it, but I mean the Bears own 320 acres of land in Arlington Heights, yeah, and they can sell it. But I, I could, and I'm just saying, I'm, I'm just going to, you know, you always tell the listeners to go with their conviction. I'm telling you, I can see this happening. <laughs> All right, no, I mean, I do, I do say that. Thank you, Keith. I mean, that's going to – it will be something that they will explore, I'm sure, as they're doing their due diligence on anything. But I think the Bears are still going to Arlington Heights, overwhelmingly likely. Yeah, I think so. I have enough space to do everything you want. What the hell happens with guaranteed rate, though, I have no idea. But it's very exciting. Very exciting for for the White Sox. Cubs have a new uh, reliever, a couple new names to add. Still don't have the big move. We'll get to the optimism on that side of town. Chuck Swirsky celebrating his 70th birthday will join us at 4 o'clock. Parkinson Spiegel on the score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Honored to be on their show earlier today. Danny and Matt do an excellent job interviewing people. Afternoons on the score. Got him on three pitches. Ran the splitter in on him. Julio strikes out, Neris strikes out the side, and he strands Crawford. Watch out now. Here comes Neris talking to Julio, and everybody's emptied out. Watch Neris here. He goes right after him like this. That's what it's about. Wow. Yeah, that is that is uncalled for. They get away with a lot of stuff in this game, but that right there is uncalled for. When have you ever seen something like that? Well, that's the emotion of the moment, just taking over a guy too much. Chuck Swirsky will join us in 30 minutes. The Cubs have some new names, but to judge it by the internet, 
there will be no satisfaction until they have every new name on this team. Hector Neris, we didn't talk about it yesterday. Mm-hmm. He is 34 years old, but coming off a hell of a season and only has one year on this contract. And I think I subscribe to the idea of there's no such thing as a bad one-year contract for a team that has the financial resources of the Cubs. That deal, I was like, okay, let me look into this. Yep, that looks good. It's unbelievable value for a quality right-handed arm. Why do you think he didn't get multiple years? Because his velocity is down just a little bit, and that can quickly be the difference between – you know, um, uh, the swing and miss stuff that then becomes decent contact, especially if you're pitching up in the zone. So I think it's it's the velocity dip principally. Yeah, the, like the strikeout to walk dipped. The fielding independent pitching was up. Like uh-huh. some, some of the peripherals were not great. Like the ERA was sparkling, but ERA for relief pitchers is often yeah, you don't, mi- misleading. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it was 68 innings. Like it was, it was not a small sample. The guy answered the bell whenever, right? He appeared in 71 games. Absolutely true. Trusted horse for a team with World Series aspirations and a very smart team last year. Now, he might need some tweaks, but the Cubs like their pitching infrastructure to to make some tweaks to the guy. But the fact that he can be healthy and go out there and give you lots and lots of opportunities. Right now at the back end, if Adbert is your closer and Julian Merriweather was really, really good in the last, what, four months of last year, and now Neris, I mean, I think those are your three righties at the back end of the bullpen, and that is a very healthy and solid way to start uh, a major league season. Well, and I mean, you have the manager now that does different things, right? I mean, Hader was a multi-inning guy a ton. I'm not saying that's what this guy will be, but unconventional at times. He was open to the idea of opener. He's the bullpen maximizer and the mixing and match guy. So I don't think he'll do right seven, eight, nine in those old school traditional roles. He mm-hmm. just needs as many valuable arms as he can get. Yeah. So it, it, absolutely. So who knows what what the roles. What the roles will be. Alzali does feel like he goes into camp as the closer. I, you know, I, I think so. At least at the beginning, he clearly loves it. He thrives with it. The team likes it. So if you're counsel, you probably start with that as as your default. But you'll, you'll career, see how it goes. Yeah, Neris career high in, sla- in saves back in 2019 with 28. So he's done it. Uh, really twice, right? To 26 and 2017 and 28 and 2019. I think Merriweather has the best stuff of the three of them when healthy. I think Merriweather has the best swing and miss stuff, and that might be what Council falls in love with. But yep. moxie and, and confidence matters for a closer. But either way, that that's a great signing, and they need to make a couple more. And, and Texer makes a good point, and I should have had it up at the top. Uh, there's an innings threshold that if he hits, it can vest player option to a – to a two-year deal, I think at 60, uh, 60 innings. Yeah. So, it, it, and if he does that, which he's done the last couple of years, if he's good enough that you feel good about putting him in mm-hmm. uh, that many innings, you're you're in good shape. And obviously. they and, and they just signed a lefty reliever today, a guy who used to be uh, a royal and an athletic, had uh, Tommy John surgery. Richard Lovelady is here to get some work in the bullpen. Danny. See, it's not only the White Sox that signed former Royals. <laughs> nope. I'm just saying. And Lovelady. The new left-hander, Richard Lovelady. See, that is remarkable that you went and found a highlight of Richard Lovelady. Lovelady peers in. That's a tough, it's a tough one. It's a tough one, right? I mean, because like a lot of people love ladies, you know? I mean, uh, sure. people of all sorts of, of stripes <laughs> love ladies. 
and but it implies that he himself is a love a love lady. Although I guess he is a love lady. I think by definition he is a love right. lady. I'm glad he's comfortable with it, and I know the Cubs are a progressive organization, and everybody's comfortable, <laughs> and they will welcome and support a love lady to the organization. What? Is I've, it, I've never known is a love it a lady. German name? Have you ever known a love lady in your life? This was new to me. I've known today. the love of two ladies. Oh, I'm proud. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, he. Uh, that's surprisingly personal. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, sorry. Yeah. At the same time. Yeah. Well, no. Oh. I tried. Uh, Haven't we all? I, 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 yeah. W- with the two that you're talking about? No. 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 Thank no. the Lord. No. No. no, no. Uh, but yeah, yeah. No, I, this is my first love lady. This is my this is your the, your first love this lady. This is my first love lady. You guys, anybody, ever, anybody ever know a love meet, lady? Meet a love lady? Uh, no, my mental health is not strong enough to commit to love. <laughs> that that is personal too. I appreciate you sharing. Hey, we let people in on this show, right? There That's why do. they keep coming back. There That's true. More of a like lady kind of guy, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, like for for like a few weeks, yeah. and then I'm uh-huh. just, they're just a lady to me after that. <laughs> That's good. Greg Lovelady was a catcher for the University of Miami team that won the College World Series in 2001. I'd never heard of Greg Lovelady, but I had to look it up today and figure out what other Loveladies were out there. There is a Lovelady, Texas. There is? Lovelady, Texas is in Houston County. That's fascinating. Population 570. Whew. Actually, it's 587, so it's growing. Okay. 587 people live in Lovelady, Texas. Are they all named Lovelady? Everybody who lives um, there? I don't know. This love lady is from, I believe he's from Tennessee. Well, or I, I get confused because in 1840, there were 12 love lady families living in Tennessee. The most number of love lady families were found in the USA in 1880. I can share that with you. That was about 40% of all recorded love ladies in I the United I States. Can, I think I can one up you here. Please do. Charles Harrelson. Is from Lovelady, Texas, the father of Woody Harrelson, famed murderer. Oh my God! <laughs> let's let's clear that up. Woody Harrelson, not the famed murderer. <laughs> Danny Charles <and> Harrelson. <laughs> clear that up for yeah. any Woody fans out there. No, yeah. no, no, his dad. I caught zero logic in all that, and that last bit, <laughs> oh, pure Woody. gibberish. Yeah, but Danny, oh, we've talked about sentence structure before. I, we have. Like I had your back earlier, but I need to correct you on this one. <laughs> okay, but Charles Harrelson. You don't then say Charles Harrelson, father of Woody Harrelson, famed murderer. Oh, what about if he died celebrating his birthday? Famed murderer Charles Harrelson, father of Woody Harrelson. But he he killed a guy. Charles. (laughs) As did Brick. So the famed murderer has to come before Woody Harrelson, not yeah. after. But he killed multiple people. Charles did, yes. <laughs> Woody so did not. Make sure we put the, the famed murderer before Charles, not after Woody. But he, he might have killed Kennedy. set okay. on fire Stop. while celebrating his birthday. That's not how I would Stop celebrate. coming back and just saying, but he might have killed. We know we his know dad he did. did. I'm telling you where... Famed murderer has to go in the structure of the sentence. I know, but he killed Stop multiple people. Damn. And he's from Love Lady, Texas. I didn't realize he's from Love Lady. I'm just sharing information That's that I found on Wikipedia. Um, Ancestry.com says that Love Lady is an obvious nickname for a philanderer, but perhaps it denoted a man who loved a woman above his social status, given the connotation of high status carried by one of the root words. So, Love Ladies. Historically, love ladies above their social status. That had to be true for Woody Harrelson's father. It had to have been. I mean, the guy murdered. His, his status was very low, I think. 
So, I mean, are you saying that with a Neris and a Love Lady, yeah. all of the Cubs' problems are solved? I, you know, I, Love Lady's going to get some run. Love, Love Lady peers in. Yeah, he's going to peer in. He's going to get some work. William Love Lady was a guitarist who collaborated with Art Garfunkel in the 80s. Josh Love Lady was a guard for the Lions in 2001. And that's it. I'm all out of Love Lady. Okay. All out of it. When, so what is what happens when they don't sign Cody Bellinger yet? Cody, 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 this is why Cubs convention can never end. It always gives us something. He's like, oh, you saying Cubby? I was saying Boo Earns. No, no, no. They're saying Cody. They're definitely booing the Marquee Network and <laughs> saying Cody. Um, Art speaks. When do we get the parody song? I'm all out of love, lady. Yeah, right. By I Air Supply. Gave it, gave it to you right there. I'm all out of love, lady. <laughs> when he debuts. When he debuts. <laughs> Although we'll just be starting to have love, lady at that point, so it doesn't really make sense narratively. Unless he's bad early. Mm-hmm. That, when he gets cut, then is when we get it. It's exactly right. I think they're going to sign Bellinger. Yeah, by the way, I think so too. Do you? Do you, you do. I right? mean, I think they're going to sign. So I, I. Let's talk about the other side. People. Are I, I I said this with Gabe. I'm wondering wondering if you follow the same logic. Like they're not listening to the president of the team. Uh, I would suggest doing so. And we'll talk to Chuck Swirsky in 20 minutes. Parkinson speak on the screen. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. I know it's official that I'm a Cub now and I'm talking to Danny Parkinson. (laughs) (laughs) Afternoons on the score. You know, I think Chicago got the comforts of a full belly. talk about aging and birthdays and acknowledging reality and more with Chuck Swirsky coming up in 15 minutes who turns 70 today but I get the sense from Cubs fans that I talk to in real life and uh, via the text line or Twitch uh, and I'm interacting with a lot of Twitches today and the Twitch chat I'm going to try to do more of that and answer questions and all that during you com- saw that tweet huh I did see that tweet it you bo- saw the tweet it bothered me what was the tweet it bothered me a, tweet a from deal. a Twitcher she's these Twitchers for some reason obsessed with getting Danny to respond to them in the Twitch chat I so I haven't been in the like had the Twitch chat up we got a lot of like things up social media is big nowadays and so I was like you know what they're right this is these are the mob these are the the, the most hardcore those so I'm gonna log into Twitch and I'm interacting now during commercial breaks, and there you go. we'll try to answer some questions. It, it's anyway, hard, it's hard man. We got a lot of a lot of plates spinning. I, I did it. I've done it a few times. Um, log on and, and get involved. Yeah, so I'm trying. I'm going to try, try to have the bandwidth to continue to do that at least uh, until they annoy me and I leave again. And speaks uh, people forget you sometimes actually spin plates while sitting over there. I do. Yeah, I do. Talented guy. That's why you know. That's why uh, Tanny plays um, saber dance every once in a while. But. <laughs> Sorry, I had to get that third no, no, one. You in. had to get the last one. I did yeah. not think he was going to go all the way <laughs> one more step past I, the plate I, thing. I'm sorry about I, that. No, sorry, okay. hey, come on, man. It's okay. Uh, the Cubs, for all flaws that any team has or any criticism or whatever, they think about messaging. 
We both know this. They're good at that. Jed Hoyer did not say we're in the fourth or fifth inning of our offseason at Cubs convention by accident. That wasn't a mistake. That wasn't like a slip of the tongue that he was getting his wrist slapped by Tom Ricketts or a PR guy afterwards for like they workshopped it. They thought about it. They delivered it. And so when people are like, oh, where is the big signing? Where are the home runs? Where? He told you it's coming. Well, it, it, options are dwindling. And they're still out there. There's but, still some possibilities. And obviously a trade could be made. And that would uh, would do, you know, it, it could obviously spin the wheel and change the mix. But right, right. I guess if, if, if we're assuming Bellinger, if we're assuming Bellinger, right, I, I, you'd need more than that. Michael Bush is exciting as a first baseman, a prospect, lefty with a lot of pop, but his production should be thought of as gravy like you would think about Matt Mervis' production as gravy or something like that. You Better know? prospects than Mervis. Better prospect than Mervis, but still a prospect who hasn't proven it on the big league level yet. No question. You gave, like PCA. you gave up a lot to get him and, and Jackson Ferris, so you're, you're going to give him absolutely a chance, and maybe they're, maybe they're more bullish on that. But if it's if it's say it's just Bellinger, which would be great, yeah, and Michael Bush, and that's that, then third base is some mix of Morel, Wisdom, Madrigal, with Morel being mostly DH. Like to see Justin Turner go away today, yep. makes me think. All right, Chapman's still out there. Matt Chapman is still out there, but Matt Chapman wants a big long deal. Is he going to get that big long deal? I mean, Bellinger wants a big, long deal, too. Yes, he does. So and, they're playing chicken with both of them. Yeah, right. You know, so I, th- I think they're playing chicken with both of them. They're staring down Boris clients who are staring back. Mm-hmm. And at some point, someone is going to blink. And my guess is they will get one of them. Maybe they'll get both. But I said it to Morosi when he was on, too. I, it just still strikes me as three of their top, depending on which list you look at, five, six, seven prospects are outfielders at high levels of the organization. And they've got Saya, and they've got Hap, and they've got PCA, and they might be bringing back Bellinger. Like, I think they're trading. Now, they might trade for a starting pitcher. Right. They might, they might trade one of, those, one of those DH, you know, types, possibly Morrell, for a starting pitcher. Yeah, but but so then you're saying, subtracting again. Like, to me, where do you stand right now? I need two veterans. I need two. Yep, I need two offensive veterans power bats. So I was thinking that maybe one of them could be Turner, who can play a little bit of third base for you. I would love the idea of J.D. Martinez, who I know is old, but absolutely had a great year for the Dodgers last year. Yeah. But they might not want a right-handed DH type. So maybe it is Chapman. Maybe it is Chapman and Bellinger, which would be quite something. Or maybe it's Chapman, not Bellinger, and it's a short deal for somebody else. So I think if it's there's wh- still time, but I think you do need two still. I still think – see, I think you need two additions. I think you need to get better – like. I think you need a number two starter. I think you need someone of that pedigree behind Justin Steele. And you know, I mean, I went into last year saying they didn't have enough power. So I certainly still feel like this year's team doesn't have enough power. And it certainly doesn't have enough power Mm -hmm. if if Bellinger isn't back. But I think if you add a stud middle of the order bat offensively and a top of the rotation guy, and you have payroll flexibility to add at the trade deadline when you see how Bush plays the first couple months of the season if Morrell settles into a position. Mm-hmm. Like, I think you can I don't think you have to have the fully formed team on day one. And if they make two additions before opening day, 
they'll still be the favorite in the Central heading into the season. I totally understand where, where you're coming from. Maybe that, that's letting maybe, him off the hook. I don't, I don't well, think I, it is. It, it's, it's just counting on, it's counting on Bush being pretty good. Yep. It's counting on Saya to be what he was the last, like, six weeks of the season. Which they clearly eight are. Weeks, which they clearly are. Yeah, they and clearly it, are counting on And that. if he is, that'll make a big difference. Yeah. yeah they'll make a big, big difference. And but, Carter Hawkins, to us, first guy he said, right, was Amaya. As a, as a breakout candidate this uh-huh. year that we're not talking about, like may, maybe there's more production there. I, I, yeah, I just don't know. He's, he'll split time with Jan Gomes, who the pitchers love, yeah. and, and, and Gomes can, can certainly hit a little bit. Look, the options are dwindling, but there's still options there. Maybe it's Brandon Belt. You know, and Matt Chapman. And Brandon Belt is a lefty bat with some pop who can also play first base. Um, so that would give you that lefty. They totally need at least one more lefty. So if it's not Bellinger, it ought to be Belt, something like that. Um, so Belt and Chapman or Bellinger and a righty like J.D. I, I'm still in a position where I want two veterans. Two veteran bats before opening day. Including Bellinger. I mean, get it all, man. Yeah. I. It'll be funny if they do that. If they got JD Mart- JD Martinez and Cody Bellinger, you'll feel great. You'll feel really I good would anyway. And, well, I, I, you'll feel really good. But I I would say like you don't have a lot of proven starting pitching. You know what I mean? It'd be it'd be because like uh, yeah, I think I think you need to start another starting pitcher too. Yeah, and maybe that's going to come via trade. It, yeah, I think it has. So to. I, I I need three veteran pieces added to this team if you're going to consider yourself seriously. As a contender, and that would be another starting pitcher and two veteran. Bats. I think the three will come. I don't know that all three will come by opening day. Like my guess is, if the, if we by, by the deadline they will add three. If they do, I, do they add three by opening day? That I would probably bet against. But there are there are more moves coming, and I just let's let's judge the team that reports to spring training. I hear you. You know, what you're I mean? right. I I am finding myself getting impatient you're, as I see names dwindling off the board. Most are. Most, most people are super impatient. I just I don't think that he would have said that if they weren't prepared to give out a big contract and or make a big trade and make some serious additions to this team, both with arms and with bats. Uh, Chuck Swirsky, I didn't know it was his birthday. I got to be honest with you. I didn't have it in my calendar. I wasn't aware. But one of the first things I saw when I woke up this morning was a, a, a notes, not a notes app, but like a white backdrop social media. And I was like, oh, my God. Is Chuck Swirsky apologizing for something? <laughs> like, did, did something happen? You know what I mean? It was something pre-written, and it was posted after midnight. Yeah. Like, uh, today is the birthday. It, it was, was beautiful. Post- it was beautiful. Clearly thought about, wanted to put something out there. So we are going to talk to him about being a broadcaster and a person at 70 and how he's dealing with it all. Next on The Score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Put him in the hall. Put him in the hall of fame. Parkinson Spiegel to the wreck. And good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Always a pleasure. Chuck Swirsky. Don't you dare turn the dial here, folks. Big time onions. Oh, my goodness. Onions, baby onions. Are you flat out kidding me? Get out the salami and cheese, mama. This ball game is over. Put them in the Hall of Fame. Put them in the Hall. Put the whole team in the ring of honor. Oh, my goodness. That was sick. The basketball gods. Love the ball, DeMar DeRozan. I love you. I'm getting out the dancing shoes. Oh, no. Let's dance. Let's party. Let's boogie. We're dancing in South Florida. We are dancing tonight in Canada. I want to go dancing with Kobe White. There it is. 70 has become a reality. That deserved a rim shot, but that's okay. 
Big 7-0, happy 70th birthday to the radio voice of the Bulls, our friend and yours, a broadcasting in Chicago institution. You can hear him right here on the score tonight as the Bulls take on the Raptors. Chuck Swirsky on the Parkinson Spiegel Show via the hotline presented by Circus Sports Illinois. Happy birthday, Chuck. Thank you very much, Andy. When do I, when do I get your book? April 16th. April 16th. Right. Yeah. I'm not looking forward to it. As long as you pre-order. Yes, sir. Yeah, the, the, uh, absolutely. The book should be right up your alley for anybody who doesn't know. Pipeline to the Pros, Division Three basketball players and how they have helped to mold the NBA. Yeah. They, 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 I they, love it. Thank you. Yeah, players and coaches who made its way to uh, to the NBA. But this is, this is about you, sir. I woke up this morning and you were one of the first tweets that I saw and I thought, oh, no, what happened to Chuck? Why is he releasing a long statement? what is going on but you said that you had some things that you wanted to talk about because today is your 70th birthday yes and and so i put it out there because um you know what whether it's you know the united states especially the united states because in other countries when people become of age so to speak after let's say 60 65 and beyond people kind of look at the age and they say well you know, you had your run, it's over, or you really can't be productive in society anymore. And I said, well, you know what, I'm going to flip the switch. And I'm going to say there are a lot of people from my generation called the baby boomer generation, uh, where the population of the country was increased, uh, because at that time of, of where we were in our society, post-World War II and beyond that. And so I said, you know what, here I am, and I'm still a very productive human being, and I like to work. And as long as I'm blessed with health and clarity, as I mentioned in my post, that, you know, as long as the Bulls want me, uh, that I want to keep doing this because I love and have passion and energy, and I'm not ready to be put out to pasture. Chuck, your energy and your voice and your passion and your skill set and your quickness, you don't sound or look a day over 68. You know what I mean? No, it's a, no, no, no. Really, never, never. Would didn't know uh, how old you were, and and you're you're sprightly and incredibly energetic, and it's it's awesome. Um, you know, you're right about the way that we we treat people of a certain age, um, it because uh, around the world they seem to be valued a little more. Like, let's go ahead and take care of the elderly, shall we? They they have a lot, and I'm not calling the elderly, but you know what I mean. Let's take care of the people, the eldest among us, because they have much to teach us, and they make us wiser. Have you noticed that in your travels? Well, absolutely. And you know what? Uh, a, a very dear friend, uh, rest his soul, Dick Enberg, was a good friend. And he was calling Padres games. And I believe he was... 80, maybe a little beyond 80, while he was still calling San Diego games. And he was cutting back on his schedule. But you know what? He was, and in my opinion, remains as one of the greatest broadcasters we've had in our generation of viewership. And he told me, as long as you wake up in the morning and you want to do this, and as long as you're not making mistakes, and as long as you still feel that you're making the contribution, do this as long as you can. And so I've taken his words to heart. This is something I wanted to do, as you know, and we've sat down and talked about this uh, with both of you, that this is something I wanted to do 
since I was five years young. I broke my mother's broomstick. I hung it up from a light bulb, used it as a microphone, and would play and do play-by-play with baseball cards. And, um, and so there you go. Well, it's funny that you mentioned uh, the book off the top, which was, again, very generous. People are saying that I should just give you one for your birthday. Now, I, I that could, would be generous. I can give you a book. No, for, I'm uh, not going to do that. Uh, you know what? I've never asked for a handout, and I never will. And to this day, when I get tickets, I pay for my tickets. That's a true story. Well, and I bought I, I bought Danny's book yesterday. I did I it would, right in front of him to, to yeah, show off a little bit. That was very nice of you, and I would love to be able to say the same thing about tickets, um, but I can't. <laughs> uh, but I I was thinking about so you brought up Dick Enberg. I I talked to Hubie Brown for the book, and we spoke for nearly three hours, and it was I didn't want to get off the phone. It felt like talking to basketball royalty. He yes. just he just turned ninety, and he Correct. he is still. Great. He, he is sharp. He's what, you know, he's a super ager, which is there. People like that are being studied now. It, it is truly a remarkable thing. And his attention to detail and his recall in the stories when I was talking to him for the book, I was like, this is unbelievable. So there's no, who's to say that Chuck Swirsky can't do this for another 20 years? Well, I, you know what? Here's the story with Hubie. And I've, I've followed Hubie when he was an assistant coach with the Milwaukee Bucks, even before then in college. And then, of course, in the ABA, uh, where he was a fantastic coach with Kentucky. But one thing about Hubie, when I listen to him, I still learn something new to the game of basketball. And he will break down a play as well as anyone. And you're absolutely right, Danny. He, he's a relic. He is a basketball icon. Chuck, um, do you have any secrets to being healthy, sprightly, energetic, able to dance after wins? To uh, or period, right? Seriously, <laughs> to be able to 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 hang with with the people that you, that you do. Do you have any secrets that you can share, sir? Well, well, you know what, Speaks? Um, I, I'll say this. I think one of the reasons why Hubie is broadcasting into year number ninety. God bless him. Al McCoy of Phoenix just called it a brilliant career at the age of 90, and he was still doing play-by-play on the Suns broadcast, is because if you're around young people, young people will keep you young in heart and spirit. As far as basketball is concerned, you know, I still follow the college game. I still look forward to the draft. I still look forward to players coming into the league. And when you're around these players – and I go to shoot arounds. I, you know, hang out with the players on the floor, not necessarily off the court, obviously. Uh, but, you know, from an on the court standpoint where I'm able to pick up stories to incorporate them in our broadcast on the score. And so that's one thing. And the other thing is, and I, and now I'm probably going to sound like I'm 70, but I think getting enough sleep is really, really important. <laughs> I think our bodies need sleep. Hey man, it, it's a big deal in the NBA. Right? It's it's long been a big deal where players make sure to get their naps in between shoot around and uh, and and game time. Uh, Chuck Swirsky, who do you consider to be on your tree as a broadcaster? You you wrote in your post about how you have enjoyed mentoring and teaching, and you've worked a lot of radio stations, been a talk show host. Who are some of the people on your tree? 
Well, I mean, well, I mean, we can go a couple of different directions. People I've mentored or people that I've idolized when I was growing up as a kid. People you've mentored, people who are out there working these days well, you've mentored. I, I mean, number one, and I know this sounds self-serving, but it's true. And, you know, Mitch Rosen was an intern of mine uh, back in the day. And I'll tell you what, certain people had the it factor and he had the it factor. You knew when he walked into WGM radio, and this was a different culture back in those days. Social media had not arrived yet. And Mitch was unbelievable because he was one or two steps ahead, even of full-time employees at the age of 20. So he would definitely be, I mean, you know, Ryan Baker, I mean, Ryan, I mean, you've seen uh, where he's gone in his career. And where he is, a, he's legit right now at Channel 2. And, I mean, we could go right down the list. There have been so many wonderful. I mean, Dan McNeil, you know, his record speaks for itself with his career. He was an intern of mine. And there have been others. I'll tell you the guy that um, worked, I worked with that would have been an incredible broadcaster. And now he's an NBA champion as a general manager. And that's Rob Palinka. From Lake Forest. Wow. Rob was my broadcast partner at the University of Michigan. He played at Michigan on three Final Four teams, won the NCAA as a freshman in 89 uh, in that wild Final Four with the Illini. And had he decided not to go into law and pursue a career in sports management, and he, as you know, he was Kobe's agent, later became the GM and is the GM of the Lakers, he would have been. Uh, top-tier, five-star broadcaster, period. We're talking to Chuck Swirsky on his 70th birthday, giving out wisdom, telling us about history. Uh, it's pretty It's pretty remarkable. Your positivity, Chuck, I know you're a man of faith, but what do you attribute to what do you attribute your positivity and your positive outlook on life? Well, because I was raised by a great great parents um, who left this world way too young. And, um, you know, the influence that my mom had, uh, my dad uh, passed away when I was in elementary school. My mom was a third grade school teacher and she took on two other jobs. And, you know, I don't want to, because there are a lot of people that have gone through a lot and much more difficult journey than mine. But when you see, your mom um, deal with adversity and just decide, you know what, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to grind it out. And this is what, you know, what's happened and I'm fighting and I've got the courage and I, I love my mom so much and I admire her so much. And so when you see someone go through these things, uh, because everyone has, Everyone has the thought of your parents are going to live until they're 80, 90 years old, and you're going to be with them, and you're going to bring the grandkids into the world, so on and so forth. But when a parent is taken way too soon, and the other person, the other parent decides, hey, you know what? We're not throwing a pity party. There is a chance that we are still going to make it in life. You go through the grieving process, which is important, by the way. And after that, you decide, okay, what are we going to make of our lives? And I owed her so much in terms of what she brought on a daily basis. 
And that's where I get my positivity. That's beautiful stuff. Hey, Chuck, what, what's giving you joy and energy from this Bulls team that when you call the games on the floor? Uh, I'll, I'll tell you what gives me joy. Number one, I love the game. And I love the sport. And I think it's a beautiful sport. And so, number one, speaks, that's, that to me, it's, it's the game. I mean, players come and go. And I've been fortunate to have been around great, great players. I mean, whether early in my career when I was doing DePaul and I was around Aguirre and Cummings and Comagies and Rod Strickland, and you could go right down the list and then the tail end of the Fab Five and then the next class with, you know, Tractor Trailer. And then my first real NBA experience, Vince Carter, Tracy McGrady, Chris Bosch, and then Derek Rose, Joakim Noah. Lou, I mean, these are great, great players. But the, the joy for this team that I'm getting is to see guys like Ayo Dosumu, who, I mean, is making himself into a really good rotation part-time starter in this league. When, when people, and I talked to scouts when they saw him at Illinois, they said, yeah, you know, I'm really not too sure. And, no, this kid has worked his tail off. Ayo Dosumu is a professional player on and off the court. And players like that, I get excited about, Matt. I really do. Chuck, have a good call tonight and many more, sir. Many more. Happy birthday. Thank you. Total respect to you guys. Thank you. That is Chuck Swirsky, our teammate and friend and the voice of the Bulls who turns 70 today with a beautiful post. And I got to admit, I mean, listen, I – I sometimes have ageist thoughts and opinions when it comes to who I want the sports teams to hire and and that sort of thing. And super agers should be studied. I hope that the studying of them leads to a cure for Alzheimer's and dementia. It's a it's a pretty amazing thing if you can age like Hubie Brown has aged or like my grandfather has aged or like it seems like your father uh, has aged and be like that, you know, I mean, Chuck Swirsky's 70. That's yeah. he, he's not a super ager no. yet, but but like that, that thing is a it's happening more and more. And it is a like a there's some neuroscientists who believe that there might be something there in terms of studying them and really cherishing it and figuring it out. Yeah, my, my dad is far more capable of cogent conversation at 90 than a lot of people yeah. that I know. And I, yeah, it's, it, you it, should call. It, 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 it's, <laughs> it, it, it's crazy. Um, yeah, you know, and the thing is, like, in terms of the ages thoughts or like the conversations we've had, and I think we've tried to make this point, there are young 70 year olds. And then there are old seven-year-olds. It's like a mindset, you know. Like, yeah, that's true. You know, when when Tony Larusa got hired as a manager, man, I, I talked to Jim Leland as part of Inside the Clubhouse with with Bruce, and I was like, oh my god, I wish Jim Leland would be the manager. <laughs> like that was like one of the sharpest dudes, the sharpest conversation, and talking about the power of young people and all that stuff. It's like, my my goodness. So like, everybody can be different. Did you um did you watch Blue Zones on Netflix? Do no. you know what that is? It's no. a, it's about this guy who decided to try and figure out where in the world people live the longest. And he, okay. he was chasing it's coming back to me a little bit. Chasing not immortality, but chasing chasing healthy aging. Right. And he was trying to find the commonalities between these different parts of the world, all different kind of cultures and 
and nationalities and trying to figure out what the commonalities were. And some of them were interesting. You know, some of it was in the type of cuisine. Right, diet stuff, lifestyle choices. Some of it was like if there was a lot of elevation within the towns, if people had to climb either stairs or climb on streets and it kept you more vital and exercising that way. But one of the things that stuck with me about it was when the elderly are part of the community mixed in with the youngest kids. So you've got toddlers and or kids under five who are hanging around with the 85-year-olds and the 90-year-olds. So the wisdom of the elderly is part of the culture and the incredible energy of those young kids is part of the culture. And that keeps the elderly feeling young. I thought that was kind of a beautiful conclusion that he was able to draw from that. Yeah, and I saw one of those two speaks. It turns out one of the places, too, that they highlighted was right on the I-88 corridor yeah. by the Top Golf. That sure. was one of the places. That's one of the spots. <laughs> so Top Golf and potential new stadiums. Thank you, Tanny, for ruining such a real moment. <laughs> I think it yeah. was time. I think, Actually, I, I enhanced think it. it. I think he enhanced it. He enhanced it. I was about to have a real conversation back here with Tanny, too, about how what I know about Blue Zones and like being strictly, not strictly, but majority majority Mediterranean and it's like good whole foods, fish, yes. grains, rice. Yes. It just keeps people into their hundreds. And yes. Tanny's like, top golf, <laughs> swinging that club, dude. Oh yeah. Stay loose. You know? That's, like your, that's your move. Shane. Yeah, a little role reversal <laughs> there. That was kind of fun. You never really know. They keep us guessing. Yeah, they do. That was fun. Uh, Happy birthday, Chuck. Why? Listen, didn't even I, play it once for him. I just did admire. Happy birthday, Mike. Thank you. Aging. Thank you for that texture real quick. I'm sorry, Speaks. There's some guy who went down there. Yeah, it was Zach Efron. <laughs> some guy did the Blue Zones thing. <laughs> Zach Efron made that documentary, I think. Fa- famous guy. Yeah. Uh, I just admire aging without being scared of aging. Like that, you know, like, like embracing it, the positivity and and all of that. Yeah. I I don't like exercising, but whenever I'm doing a yoga and hating it, it's like it's because I'd like to be able to move when I'm older. Or when I'm doing the the bike, I'm like it's yeah. because I'd like to, you know what I mean? I, I hate, I, I basically hate every minute of it. <laughs> but I'm, I, I find no joy in it. I get, I don't feel better afterwards, like oh, people God. say. It doesn't become a habit, like people say. Oh. I just hate every single thing about it, and I just you. have to think about, like you know, maybe this will extend my life. Every time I don't make a terrible choice, like for breakfast or for lunch, yeah, you know, yeah, I hate it. I would much rather just go to McDonald's and have breakfast every freaking morning. Because it's delicious. It's delicious. Yeah. It's easy. They give it to you. <laughs> yeah. All you got to do is give them some money. <laughs> yeah, it's cheap. I don't have to prepare anything. No, you don't have to clean it's anything. Guys got restaurants figured out. <laughs> yeah, some of these God. places, by the way, some of these places, they won't give it to you. I know. You pay for it. You ask for it. That's they just why won't give it to I got to go home and give it to myself <laughs> sometimes. They just sure. stare at you at the that. counter. What do you want, bitch? You <laughs> gave us your money. You <laughs> gave I want it to the myself. food now. I want the food now. Give it back to me. Yeah, no, it's like, it's to your point, you, you go to exercise, you hate it. I, I go to make a decent food choice. I hate it. Yeah, it's terrible. It's the worst. It's, it's really, really hard. But it's about longevity. Uh, in theory, it's going to pay off in the end. But who knows? Still working on that. Yeah, yeah. But life, life's funny that way. Isn't, like, isn't, wouldn't the theory be for there to not be an end, and that's why you're doing it? You don't want it to pay off in the end. You want to you want to extend the end. I'm saying there's exceptions to every rule. There's the guy who eats the the cheeseburger every day with the ice cream right. sundae uh-huh. who lives to be 95 because of genetics. And then there's the the vegan who runs a 5K twice a week who 
you know, dies at 50. Dies at 50. Sure. You know what I mean? We, so. should, get, we should get rid of all of them, in my opinion. All the vegans. <laughs> the vegans that are running multiple 5Ks a week? Yeah. Jesus, have some sex. <laughs> <laughs> they probably are, you know? I assume it's part of their, their regimen. I mean, next time I go to McDonald's, I'm going to see how many old people I can find. You know? I took the boys to McDonald's over the weekend. There was an old couple. In there, there was? On a, on They're a, in there? On a little date. Were they eating First food? First time I had been inside a McDonald's in a long time. Because it's always just drive through. I'm like, mm. I'm going to eat this in shame. Was my the, car by was myself. The, was the Hamburglar there? See, no more. Pl- I, I Googled McDonald's play places near me, and there was an article that came up that they've been, like, uh, no! eradicating the play places. No! They want to make them look more sleek and modern. You should have a right to throw your kids in a giant ball pit just the way that your parents did. I agree. I was very disappointed. Those things are hygienic. I'm going to get Owen and Eli a ball pit for their next birthday so you can have that at home. Tanny, you want to get in on Amy that with me? Amy already did. We- it's 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 oh, hell. Okay. It's okay. hell. Oh. All right, good for Amy. Yeah, yeah. We have. We'll a get another one. Get the kids to have everything. You know, Dude, another yeah, car they can drive pit. in the house. Eli's gonna need one. Uh, hey, it's it got moved to the garage. We took it out over the you weekend. Built the, the garage, garage over the weekend. <laughs> yeah, 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 we Marta moved, built the garage. We, we moved the car to the garage. She drove it outside. We were done driving it outside for the first time. It's like we got to put it in the garage now. I was like. No. It goes in the house, He's like, what about when I want to drive it in the house later? <laughs> We're done with I'm that. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> the house portion of driving this car is over. He was very upset. Um, speaking of old people, Tom Brady spoke today, <laughs> and he is coming for Greg Olson's job because he's Tom Brady, and he knows it. Next on The Score. Hey everybody, we are live. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Strange twists and turns with the guys over there on the Parkinson Spiegel Show. Afternoons on The Score. We're having a little fun. We're still here! We're still here! I wonder how the sports minutes are going to sound as the game gets closer. If we're already dealing in, I don't think Travis Kelsey is going to propose to Taylor Swift. <laughs> this should be interesting. Got there fast. That's something that we will monitor. I mean, I got out my Usher and Taylor Swift uh, combo halftime show. Yeah, but take. it takes time to plan a big thing like that. Yeah. yeah no, that, that was the right time to do that. The proposal. <laughs> well, Zach Gill, that's our guy. Yeah. Uh, join 670 The Score and Circus Sports Illinois for the big game party Sunday. February 11th at Benchmark in Old Town. This is cool. We've never done anything like this before. Mully and Haw, Bernstein, Holmes, Rahimi, and us, Parkinson Spiegel, mm-hmm. all are going to be broadcasting live from noon to three, getting you ready for the big game between KC and San Francisco. All you got to do to get in is have 100 bucks in your Circus Sports Illinois app to attend. Doors open at noon. Live entertainment, complimentary game day. But hey, free food. Go to CircusSports.com to sign up for the invite and more info. Uh, I'm thinking we all put our names in a hat and Ryan Porth or Mitch Rosen leans over, pulls three out, and that's who gets to do a segment. You know? Interesting. Just kind of whatever combo comes out. I thought the idea was seven microphones. That's a that's a crazy idea. <laughs> yeah, is that not the idea? Is that what's happening? That's the idea, yeah. Okay. We have seven microphones, right? Uh, all right. We have to borrow some from other stations. I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, here's my other idea. 
seven names in a hat, yeah. pull out all seven names, and just send everybody on stage. I mean, I'm down for the mix and match, too. That, that That's fine. No, me and Dustin have some things planned for you guys. We've got some stuff planned for oh, the show. Oh, look at that. You and Dustin uh, We're Some together. stuff to, you know, make the game a little bit more interesting. Shane. You know, and, the biggest game of the year. Shane and Kirkland Shane get to work together. It's oh. very, very cool. Who's the EP and who's the AP? Oh, I think we're question. both EPs. You're both co no EPs. That's, that's what I was told. I only agreed to it because of that. That's smart. I'm not going to be Dustin Rhodes' associate producer. You got a big surprise coming on this Zoom meeting later in the week. And the sap joins in. Oh! oh! He throws that's right. it down! That's right. The sap! Senior audio producer! I said, look, you know, just call me in at the end I'll get, you know, for the most important stuff. I don't need to be bothered with this stuff with yeah. Shane and Dustin. No, you're the closer. Uh, Tanny volunteered, and I, I'm glad we can tell Porth and Mitch this now. Tanny volunteered to come in on Sunday and run the board for that. Wow, oh, wow. that's really cool. At first he said no, but then he told me, you know what, I really don't want to miss out on that opportunity. Right. So he's going to be coming in and doing it. And he's going to stick around and do the Super Bowl. Yes. Right? He's going to do the whole game. Yep. Right here on the stage. He wants to do his own 24-hour radio. Thought. He's going to get his own individual piece of Aurelio's pizza. Huh, Once Danny? again, I'll work with Pat Mahomes on another broadcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So come see us at Benchmark on uh, the 11th from noon to 3 in Old Town. That'll be fun. There was a theory, Danny, all the way up until this morning from some people that uh, Greg Olson was going to get to keep his job uh, as the number one at Fox and that Tom Brady was going to instead be a studio guy filling in uh, for a departing Jimmy Johnson. Theoretically, I don't think that's going to happen. I also do not think it's going to happen because they gave him $300 million. But also, he said as much today with Pat McAfee. Spoke to a lot of broadcasters from this entire season, uh, just learning from them. People, current broadcasters, ones that have done play-by-play analysis. And it's been really fun. I've connected with a lot of fun people. I've got great notes. I could probably write a broadcasting playbook at this point. Um, but it's been something that I really challenged myself, and, and I really look forward to get on there and calling games for Fox in twenty in starting in September. I've been out to Fox Studios a few times and done some some really dry runs with Kevin, who is tremendous at what he does. I'm super excited to join an amazing team, um, Rich Russo, Rich Russo, and Richie Zions. Um, you know, we've we've talked a lot about football. We've talked a lot about how I see the game, and I think Greg's done an incredible job. I have so much respect for him, how he approaches his job. He's super prepared in what he does. Um, I think he does an incredible job every time he's on. I love listening to him. Um, and, and I'm just going to go in there and do the best I can do with my own perspective. And I certainly have had a unique vision and perspective of the game of 23 years. And hopefully I just can provide some insight to all the viewers yeah. and all the fans. Naturally, there's, there's skepticism with a lot of different things when you try new areas of growth. I, I don't think naturally I'm going to go in and – on day one, have everything figured out. A lot like when I was a rookie in football, I'm going to be a rookie on Fox. And I'm fortunate I've got a lot of great teammates that have really embraced me and have opened their arms to help me learn and understand exactly what I'm responsible for. And then I've gone out and I've tried to, you know, have my own personality and take on it. So I think there's definitely been some improvement over the course of this offseason um, of, of broadcasting that I've, that I've taken off just because I really wanted a chance to really dig my feet in and, and understand exactly how to get good at this as fast as I can. But at the same time, the broadcast you're going to be five years from now is going to be hopefully more improved than the one that starts on day one. So I'm going to go in there with the opportunity to, to, to start and, and learn, and I'm sure by the end of the year I'll feel more comfortable. We have the Super Bowl on Fox next year in New Orleans, which was I 
where I first played my first Super Bowl, John Madden and Fox was on the call. So there's some really cool things that as I thought about taking that opportunity as something that I really want to be a, a, a great ambassador for the NFL and the game. I love the sport. Wow. He's doing it, man. Oh, it's striking to hear him talk about it with such clarity and foresight and plans. He wants to be great at it. He is totally doing it. He's doing it. And will he be great at it? I'd bet against it. Too famous. The criticism will suck. I, I, I'd bet against him being great at it. It's interesting. So on the human side, he wouldn't be able to quite handle he, it and he, rationalize it? Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd bet against him Compartmentalize being, it, I should Yeah, say. I'd bet against him being great at it. Have the last 25 years not taught you to not bet against Tom Brady? I, I mean, I've lost a lot of money betting against Tom Brady. Yeah. Also, have the last 25 years not taught you to not bet toward anyone and then be public about it? Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Trying to ruin the man's career before it starts? Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, this would he's help saying him. he's not going to be good, so this, this he'll mush. This, uh, yeah, 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 th- yeah. This would this would help him. Yeah, no, I think he's probably going to be great. You think he's going to be great? Yeah, I think he's going to be great. And I think he's going to be better in five years than he is in year one, and he's already thinking about how he's going to be in five years. So clearly he wants to, to age into this and do it. He can insulate himself from the criticism if he wants. He sure can. Sure can. Is he going to be critical of other people? You know, it, it, it's it's two ways. It's him receiving criticism. It's him giving out criticism. Yeah. Listen, I, Romo struggles with that. Romo flips it constantly and just kind of celebrates the opposition even when they don't deserve it. Yeah. I, I'd give him a piece of advice. It's uh, if he wants to be embraced by Twitter, he needs to be very pro-analytics. It's like an easy, it's an easy one. To get the the online community hmm. in in your favor, just be better about that than other people are, because there, there's a big piece of real estate that's out there. Like they'll say, like, oh, the analytics say go for it, but not why, you know. And they don't talk about the scenarios. Like all, Greg Olson is doing it; he's really good at it. He's doing it, mm-hmm. and so and it's part of why the internet loves him. It's not the only reason; he's also genuinely good at it. But little cheat code. If you want football Twitter to embrace you, just understand the basic math of when to go, for, why you go for two when you score a touchdown from down 14 to down eight, when to go for it on fourth down, when to kick field goals, all that stuff. I'd be surprised if he's not, you know, pro uh, the understanding of it at, at the very least. I mean, I mean, Belichick was early with, with some of that stuff. So they did it. Yeah, just no, but, but, but don't you think the analytics conversation this week, the backdrop of Dan Campbell doing it, and we touched on it yesterday, of course, but like there, there are like momentum reasons and reading the game reasons why the aggressiveness can, can, you know, can be chosen as, as a path. Like Campbell's not an analytics guy. So when Brady talks about it or when Olsen talks about it, they don't have to couch it just in the math. You sure. can talk about the impact that it has on your team when you show how aggressive you are. A- ab- absolutely. But understanding the math is what I'm talking about to get that segment, which is a big part of like the online yeah. community within the media, uh, on your side. But he is going to do this. Yeah, I don't know that he's going to be like super funny and entertaining and comfortable that way. Do you remember Joe Montana as a broadcaster? Absolutely, but yeah, he was I, terrible. Yeah, it was terrible. But it, it, it was it was studio first, wasn't it? For Montana, I remember him scuffling and struggling in the studio on NBC. Yeah, I don't remember him doing doing games, but like 
Brady's Brady's quick and Brady's public. I, I don't know how funny he's going to be in that way, but I'll I'll be shocked if he's not if he's not good at this. Wow. I'll be I'll be shocked. Wow. I mean, I think Olsen is great and Olsen doesn't deserve to be replaced, but if Brady's giving it his full attention and actually his his full energy, yeah. I'll be shocked if he's not great. Yeah, Romo was great early. And then it wore off real quick. You know, you gotta you gotta stay passionate. Like, is he gonna be excited to travel to mm-hmm. Tampa for Panthers Bucks when CBS has the main game? He, he pumped about that. I don't know. He's got unlimited money and unlimited fame. I know, like, but supposedly he-, he was that guy as a player who, in yep. even in the latter years, was working harder than anybody, showing up earlier than everybody, just absolutely loving it, loving it, loving it. Yeah, no, that's true. Fascinating to hear him speak about a whole bunch of things. We can do a little bit more of that. We want to talk about the Bears coaching candidates as well. It's Parkinson Spiegel on the score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. I don't know what's going on with any of it. Afternoons on the score. Here's the NFC Championship trophy for the Super Bowl bound San Francisco 49ers. Joe Montana take it away. It goes to this man right here, Mr. Jed York. And Jed, I have to say, you know what? You have another opportunity to go to the Super Bowl. What do you have to say to your 49er faithful who are in this game, no matter what it looked like early on? What do you have to say to the faithful? We we wouldn't we wouldn't have won this game without you. You guys stayed with us the entire time. You kept pressure on Detroit, and you helped us get this victory. Thank you so much, faithful. We love you. All right, there you go, Joe. You can pass that off. Smooth as sandpaper, <laughs> Joe. You can pass that off now. Joe, stop holding the trophy. Joe, hey, Joe. Give it up, Joe. Poor Montana. It's tough, man. Such such awkwardness. Michael Strahan should be able to weave that tapestry a little bit cleaner, don't you think? He is very good at television. He's just a, he's just a naturally charismatic person. Shows how tough that is, though. <laughs> like, live TV, 50 million people. Mm-hmm. A lot of people just off a field, weird billionaire owner. Yeah. Joe Montana. Trying to be involved. <laughs> yeah, it's the whole thing. Trying to be respectful. It's just very, not many people make it look as easy as Dan Patrick or Lisa Salters. You know what I mean? It's, it's, a, it's a tough thing to do. I haven't heard Joe Montana talk in a long time. I don't know exactly. I thought we would on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, but, then, <laughs> but see, I think, I think he wanted to. Well, I think he was supposed to. Uh, like, so you hand Joe the trophy, and then Joe says a couple words to the York family, but Joe was kind of just cut out of that whole deal. <laughs> and Joe Montana's here <laughs> holding the trophy. <laughs> Should Joe speak? Uh, let's, let's forget. Here's the NFC Championship trophy for the Super Bowl bound San Francisco 49ers. Joe Montana, take it away. It goes to this man right here. <laughs> Should have just picked up Joe Montana <laughs> and handed him as the trophy right to Jed York. At least we'll, we'll get Nance for the Super Bowl, though. Like Nance will do it for the Super Bowl because he loves the limelight. Fox puts Terry Bradshaw up there. Unbelievable. Which is one of the craziest broadcasting hey, decisions that's made year after year. He will destroy some highlights and be awful at halftime, be derided by the entire sports media all week, and then do it again the next week. Yeah, until stri- yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they the, don't care. The highlights, yeah. He they will- don't care. Yeah, that's true. They'll put him out there and have him uh, ha- have him embarrass himself. Big guy. Let me get the big guy in here. Yeah. Come on, waddle over here. 
But that was the last time he did it. That, that now it's Strahan's gig. Oh, my God. Oh, we can't have Terry do this anymore. Oh, wow. We can't have Terry do this anymore. He must be sad. Terry Dang. must be sad. <laughs> That's a great pull, Tanny. I forgot about that. Waddle over here, big guy. Who was the big guy waddling? Andy Reid. Andy Reid. They win it every year. That's too bad. <laughs> yeah. Waddle over here. Speaking for big guys, we don't like being told to waddle. I can imagine. You know, don't like being. That's requested. not nice at all. No. They should stop waddling then. <laughs> Andy Reid should stop waddling. Sometimes it's in your hips, man. It's just got. It's just genetic. It's all in the hips. All every every Spiegel has a little waddle to him. Even it doesn't matter how big they are. Just something about our hip structure. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, you know, every one of my siblings, my wife was noticing. She's like, "You guys all waddle." I was like, "I know. I don't know what that's about." <laughs> you all waddle. Yeah. It's a family of waddlers. Those hips do not lie, but they do withhold a lot of information. (laughs) And that's a lie. The omission of truth is also a lie from the hips. I think. What did you say to that observation by your wife? <laughs> she's she's not wrong. She's not wrong. She's not like, wrong. Yep, you're like, yep, you've yeah. been around enough Spiegels for yeah. enough time now. Yeah. Well, I I don't think it's about largesse. It's just that's a, what you said. You said yeah. the slender Spiegels also waddle. Yeah, everybody. Right now, we're gonna take a listen to "She Wolf" by Shakira. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that was a good day for hips. Uh, John Morosi has some good news. Speaking of hips and iPads. Uh, he says that the industry expects Cody Bellinger to be a Cub. Said multiple sources expect, but he's not close to choosing a team, but that they expect Cody Bellinger and the Cubs to have a reunion. Yeah, man. I, I'm not surprised. I heard early on that this is what he wanted, and then that was out there even more. I thought some of the things that Bruce has been saying, our Bruce Levine has been saying, have shown some knowledge of – some familial comfort, wife and a new child, you know, really enjoyed it here, loved the relationships, believes in the infrastructure. I think there's, there, there, I mean, Cody Bellinger, I think, wants to be here, and I think the Cubs do want him and have made that known that there is some love there for him and have, have made sure that he knows it. But there's always that dance with the agent is trying to get the most and the longest. Yeah. Know? Because so he's, he's not an old guy who you could say, hey, you're 31, you're 32, here's three years. Just go ahead and take it. He's no, expecting he's, much more than that. He's 29, right? He's 29. So, I mean, I'll stay where I started when we talked about this in the middle of the season that he was having that was exceeding expectations when people thought he was a fringe top five MVP candidate. Mm-hmm. Six years, $150 million. If that's the contract that he signs and it's announced tomorrow, I think that team is, friendly deal player win. Which who yeah. who who wins that negotiation? So it, I mean, it's a good question. It's still it, it's still where we are. I think that I think that sixth years, you know, maybe it's the cost of doing business, but I don't think Jed wants to do that. It, this is about contract length. And if they are indeed in kind of conversations with Matt Chapman and his people, Morosi earlier today said it's down to the Giants and the Cubs for Chapman. That's another one where maybe they want to go four years with Chapman. Because uh, Ch- and they, they don't want to go long. They, they've, they've made that clear in lots of years. So, look, if it's at six and 150. I, and I'm just saying that because it was the number that I threw out I don't even know at this point. Six months ago? Yeah. You know what I mean? So 
I suspect that the Cubs would rather go five for 170. Like they'll go ahead and raise the average annual value to go for one fewer year so they can they can be more malleable on the back end. I think anything over five years, Jed would feel like he didn't do what he wanted to do. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. I mean, it's, it's a lot of money, man. It He's is. He's made a ton of money. And in theory, the power might wane, but the positional versatility and his, him being able to age as a first baseman DH mm-hmm. should provide some value that you're not ever really afraid that that guy's on your team defensively. Yes, and, and he has shown the ability to be a very smart situational hitter and to shorten up. So if the power does indeed wane or they attack the power, you've still got a guy who can hit for a good average and be a good two-strike hitter and, and, and a good defender. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of value there. That's, that, that's for sure. It, it's just it, it's interesting times. I think they want to go fewer years um, for sure. And if you're Bellinger, you're thinking this might be your only moment to truly cash in. Haven't talked to you on air or off air yet about the Shane Waldron hire. I mean, we talked about it before it happened. As, as an, it was a, your guy. Uh, as a name that I gave multiple times uh, throughout the year. But now that it's happened, there's a defensive coordinator and there's a quote from the quarterback coach that's going around from the senior bowl that I think is worth discussing as well. So we're going to talk about the, the current state of the Bears coaching staff. Parkinson Spiegel on the score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. If y'all ready, give me a hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Speaks came in saying he strongly disagreed with something that I said on the internet. Taunting. In my opinion, that should not be a penalty. When a guy catches a 54-yard pass in the AFC Championship game, Mm -hmm. I don't expect him to stand up and be Barry Sanders and just hand the ball to the official. Like, I like that stuff. Oh, it's everything. It's the ball that's standing over his opponent. Oh, won't somebody please think of the children? What kind of an example are we setting? Right, but these guys are role models, whether they want to admit it, whether you want to admit it, they are. I am not a role model. Parents should be role models. You celebrate all you want. Like the bat flip? The bat flip in the direction of the opposing dugout and like the pointing and all of that stuff, that has a lot more merit to me than the bat flip towards your own dugout. Look, I'm all for it. I I think if you flip and you do it with honor and respect and joy and passion, I'm all for it. You cross the line when you start staring people down. Trash talk in pro sports. Taunting, spiking a ball in a dude's face, dancing in a dude's face, little bit of bad blood. If I don't want my kid to do what Zay Flowers did, uh-huh. that is on me. I understand, that but it's not on Zay Flowers. How's that going in the world? How are parents doing in all of that? Well, that's not Zay Flowers' you know? responsibility. You notice how football is whack now? Things are changing. When I came up, dude, football was a glad. It was gladiated. It was angry. It was angry. Like when we hit somebody. When I played, if you hit somebody and he didn't get up, like we didn't hold hands with the with the other team and pray. Like hold hands and all everyone prays for him to get up. We used to do a Indian like sell a hump dance circle around him. Like yeah, look at you. Oh 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 oh. And our crowd's like he's paralyzed. That's right. Oh oh oh. We be looking for his mother crying, be like, that's right, lady. That's what you get for letting him out here with killers. He can't even wiggle his toes. Take his socks. One, two, three. And here we go. Here we go. Here we go, Jeff. We go, Tony. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Afternoons from 2 to 6 on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Thank you so much for hanging out with Parkinson Spiegel on the score. 
Come hang out with us in person at Benchmark with Circa from noon to 3. All the shows are going to be out there broadcasting at the same time from noon to 3. You just got to have 100 bucks in your Circa Illinois app to get in the door. Go to CircaSports.com for all the information. Found out that Shane and Dustin working together as producers should be really cool. Should be a great show. Mm-hmm. Should be a ton of fun. Uh, the Bears hired Shane Waldron while you were uh, in the island scouting shortstop. So yes. We'll get to that in a little bit as well. But um, what do you make of uh, the Bears coaching staff as it sits and Waldron specifically? Waldron seems like they hit a sweet spot, right? They got a guy who's a play caller for the last three years, guy who has been working for a defensive-minded head coach so you can – just trust him to run the offense and do the thing. Suddenly available, they went and interviewed him first and and got him. And maybe, I mean, at least not as of right now, a hot head coaching candidate. Um, but it, so it seems like a good hire. I know I, I I know you like it. Yeah, I think it was the best that they could do given the circumstances around their job. And Albert Breer said that the Bears' job was seen as one of the more attractive ones despite questions about head coaching job security uh-huh. uh, because of the opportunity of the presumption of coaching Caleb Williams. Yeah, you know, it, 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 it all makes sense. And, like, we know that Shane Waldron brought Pete Carroll out of some dark ages there with, like, hey, here's some pre-snap motion. Here's throwing on first down. Here's scheming guys open for big yards after catch. Like, he did some of that. Yeah, but did he do – as much as he wanted to, or did Pete Carroll still have some influence that kept him a little bit more conservative than he wanted to? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But then I have questions about what went wrong this year. Like, things went wrong in Seattle this year. Yeah. And I did some digging just to kind of look around at some of the numbers and see what we could figure out, you know? They were number 17 in points per game and a little better than that in most advanced stats. But there's a lot of talent there, man. There's a lot of talent at wide receiver and two good young running backs and a quarterback coming off a Pro Bowl. It sure felt like that offense should have been better overall. O-line injuries yeah. was definitely a problem. Yeah, there's there's a reliance on the pass more than the run. They were second to last in the league in rushing attempts with 382 and that perhaps exacerbated by a bad, especially the interior of the offensive line where they had a bunch uh, of injuries. Thought it was a good sign that they were like really good on first down in Seattle. Screams of good thought process, maybe some good design, like almost six yards poor for uh, on first down, which is like sixth overall. But third down efficiency, 23rd in the NFL in third downs at just 36.2%. And then we go digging for some specifics, right? Try and figure out what we can. Third and short, they passed a lot, apparently. Drove people crazy with third and short passing. And maybe the O-line fears played into that as well. Yeah, I'm sure it did. Um, You know, we were doing some digging as well and made me think that Brock Bowers might be a guy for them if he is there with the second pick because he ran a ton of 13 personnel. Mm -hmm. And people are like, oh, what about Cole Komet? It's like, no, 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 multiple tight ends. You need two tight ends. The idea of you can – it's it's helpful because it really disguises run and pass. Like, as Anthony Heron put it very well, he's like, you put big guys on the field, but they can play small. And so if the defense puts other big guys on the field, mm-hmm. you pass. If the defense puts coverage guys on the field, 
you run. When McVeigh transformed the league that first that first stint with golf when they started killing it, like everything was thirteen personnel. Yeah, and so the idea of um like Aaron Hernandez and Rob Gronkowski, you know, two tight ends who could catch and block and be on the field together mm-hmm. without all the controversy. But you know what I mean? Like that that sort of thing. I don't know that Bowers will be there at nine. It kind of depends on the medicals and how he looks at the combine. Yeah. But that was a guy that I was like, eh, maybe it's interesting. Because a lot of people are gonna say, now nah, you need a big, a big receiver. Uh, like a DK Metcalf, and we'll be looking at that as well. But, you know, DK Metcalf, freaking nature receivers are uh, tough to find. He was kind of under-targeted there, DK Metcalf. Still over 100 targets, yeah, right? But yeah, but especially like the second half of the year, and yeah. there was like a six-game stint where they're like, man, what, why aren't they targeting DK Metcalf? Um, but I thought this was interesting. They had a lot more yards after catch. Yak or rack, really. Right, yeah, we still I, don't I like know. both. Bears were 32nd last year in yards after the catch, 27th this past year. Seattle was 11th. And I think a lot of that is due to the quarterback play, like Justin Fields' time to release the ball, dead last in the NFL at 3.22 seconds. Geno Smith got it out at 2.84. Way, way faster. Throw it to guys on the run, give them a chance to make plays after the catch. The quarterback is going to be everything. Yeah. As always, right? Yeah. Bernsey said it very well. Like he'll he'll succeed if the quarterback's good. He'll fail if the quarterback's bad. That is often uh, the the case. And it's I looked at it like they overachieved based on the talent that they had at quarterback. We had Softy Mahler on, and he kind of disagreed and gave the credit of Geno to Pete Carroll. But not even to relitigate that whole thing. It's just like I'd be very interested in what that guy could do with a very high-level quarterback prospect. That's not what Geno Smith was. Geno Smith had a high-level season. He completed nearly 70% Mm -hmm. of his passes. He had 30 touchdowns. He had over 4,000. You know what I mean? He was very, very, very productive two years ago, but not the highest level of prospect. So interested to see uh, what he can do. Thought um, Kevin Fishbane's article was a pretty fun perspective of like the six years that Shane Waldron spent there in the wilderness between NFL stints, how hard he worked everywhere he went and like volunteering as the offensive coordinator for that high school team in suburban Massachusetts, installing a run heavy quarterback system with a converted running back in one week installing it, um, coaching kids up who loved it and experienced, it, you know, greatness and then still talk about it to this day. And I didn't realize he was a long snapper, that Shane Waldron was a long snapper. Oh, well, now you're in. At Tufts. Now you're in. Yeah, man. I should have included that in the initial in the initial scout. Yes. I thought it was passing game coordinator for McVay, worked with Belichick and Carroll, has called plays no, and no, overachieved no. with a middling prospect. He okay, was a long bad. snapper at That's Tufts who apparently never had a bad snap. All, all the time in doing that. So Manalee award winner. Manalee's going to freaking love this guy. All right. My bad. But I thought that was kind of a cool perspective. It, it, I, I want to find out more. Like, I find myself with more questions about, like, what he did schematically that has bothered smart football people. You know? I, I'd like to talk to some of them along the way. Well, I was told that there will. We should expect a press conference, but not until the whole staff is put together. And now most of the staff is put together, but not all of it. But a lot of them are out coaching at the Shrine Game and the Senior Bowl. Like who? Who's out there coaching at the at those bowls? HT. Your guy, HT. The damn glue that holds the staff together. You have that presser whenever the hell you want. Special teams coach Richard Hightower is there. As is, potentially more newsworthy, but maybe not. Maybe not.
their new quarterback coach, Kerry Joseph, is at the Senior Bowl. Now, he is not coaching the quarterbacks on the team that has, what is it, Bo Nix and Michael Penix that are that are down there? Yes. Uh, it's the lesser, but he is coaching my guy from Tennessee. He is coaching uh, big-armed uh, Joe Milton. Joe Milton. Yeah. The orange thrower. Yeah, the big orange thrower. And the good news for Joe Milton is that they're using fruit this year <laughs> in, the, in the senior bowl. Craziest arm I've ever seen. And the I, bad news for Joe Milton, one of Danny's guys. One of Danny's guys. <laughs> yes, that is a terrible news for him. But Kerry Joseph was asked, and this is a good job by CHGO, Nicholas Moriano, at the Senior Bowl. And got to speak to the Bears quarterback coach. He was asked, what are some of the critical factors he looks for that predict success at the quarterback position? Hmm. Are you thinking about Justin Fields and Caleb Williams while I read this quote? Arm talent. Accuracy, you know, delivery quickness, physicality, toughness, swagger. You got to have a little swag playing the quarterback position. And when I say that, I mean confidence. You got to have confidence, and I like to say arrogance. But arrogance to me, all it's confidence under control. All it is is confidence under control, end quote. Arm talent, accuracy, delivery quickness, Mm. physicality, toughness, swagger. That sound like more... One of them more than the other? Uh, delivery quickness yep. is not Justin Fields. It's not Caleb either. Oh, I, I, it's I don't pretty quick. Th- I don't he, had more pocket, he had more pocket time than anyone in college football last year that, and, and used it all. That's not what I'm talking about. That's that, I'm when, release, that's, We're talking about release. When yes. he threw, the, like the, the mechanism of the delivery. You're that's right. You're right. He, did, he did hold the ball a ton and he did fumble a ton. You're 100% right about and, that. And that is stuff to be concerned about and look into. Absolutely. But, but, I, but I, I, I read that. Obviously, I'm not talking to him. But I, I read that as the, the act of throwing the ball, the delivery. At, the, that's the, how I read it, too. The, the mechanism of throwing the ball. Just watch, watching watching Pat Mahomes, watching they, Jordan Love, watching Josh Allen, watching guys who just boom. Oh, I see it. Boom. Yeah. And then, so it's the two things. It's the I see it, but it's the boom. And just how, how, get how getting quick, the ball out. How quick the ball gets Wherever out. you are, wherever your body is, just know that you can get it out quick. Because they, they both, the second part of the answer of like the confidence, arrogance, swagger. More arrogance. They both have that. Fields, when he runs and he slides and he gets hit and he does the first down thing and the dancing and the pregame hype video, and he knows he's the man. I don't think, yeah, I don't think confidence or healthy arrogance is a problem at all for I, Justin. I, I don't either. I think I think that part of it, like the personality trait stuff, yeah. Uh, and obviously, we know way more about Justin's personality than we do Caleb. But there are a lot of the highlights of Caleb that you see where you can tell that that guy has a very healthy swagger on the field. That Absolutely. He, that he knows he's the man and he's always been the man and he'll talk a little junk to a defender who hits him and you know what I mean? He'll, he'll, he'll flex a little bit. Like he, when he makes an awesome play, he, he knows he's the man out there. Hey, delivery quickness is something that was a concern for Justin coming out of college. Yes. And then they rebuilt his his way of throwing. Yeah, they worked on it a lot. They worked on it a lot. Yeah, and it and it and it has improved. It has improved. It has improved. It has improved. But delivery quickness is is a massive massive issue for Justin. It's 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 one of the two predominant issues. Seeing it like he's an eye thrower, as Schlereth called it, or like he just yeah. doesn't quite see it quick enough. As Kurt Warner elucidated, whatever. But that and getting rid of the ball quick. So no, I, that that very much sounds more like Caleb than Justin. To it me. does to me too. I Texters, like, I significantly doubt Caleb's toughness. So did 
That's that's interesting to me. Maybe that's because of the crying. I don't know what that person. Was I mean, we, about. we don't we don't have a lot of evidence, and if anything that we should take out of that conversation with the high school coach. Remember the stories that he was telling about him on the on the bad ankle mm-hmm. in that in that championship game. I don't, sounded like a tough kid. I mean, he that that was maybe the answers where he had the most conviction was talking about the the toughness and didn't care how tall he measured. I mean, five we, seven, six seven. He didn't care. He was like, he that that guy is tough. We have seen Justin play with injuries, oh, battle Justin's his ass tough. off, yeah. crazy, crazy tough. Get up from vicious hits that you'd think would knock him out, and I mean, so we know that. There's no way that we have seen that kind of thing from Caleb. We haven't watched closely enough and seen it enough, but these are questions we need to ask people. We got a lot of digging to do. We, we do have work to do. There's a lot of questions about Caleb that need to be answered. Yeah. I There, there are, and that's why the draft isn't today, but the the film, the tape, the highlights. It's really good. It, it answers a lot of them, man. You know what I mean? It really does. And I'm not like, uh, skipping out on the the digging that we have to do and the questions that we have to have answered, like obviously Shane and Chris really yeah. dig into this draft. Those are the guys who are really going to do it. Let's be exactly, honest. we're going to voice that. And that's to them. because of their long history of mentorship. <laughs> that's correct, if I remember correctly. Excellent mentors. But Wani's story about Curtis Enos. Oh man, they had they had multiple people. On the staff who were there with him at Happy Valley, they scouted him, they knew him, they recruited him, they visited him, they did everything they could. They had people that he trusted, that he still trusted this day, mm. and a different guy showed up at Hallis Hall than they had in at Penn State. Horrifying. So it's like, so we'll do our best, yeah. but we don't have hey, guess what? a detective. Ryan Poles is going to do his best, too. That's what I'm saying. And they are going to use a detective, probably. Right. That's what I'm saying. They have access. Lincoln Riley will call them back. You know what I mean? Like they're they're gonna get. Hold on, why can't we use a detective? <laughs> why can't we hire a detective? <laughs> All right, I mean think about Shane, it. Shane, you got a detective? Tanny, you got detective people? That's interesting. Out west, why can't we hire? Uh, our, well, yeah, we need somebody. My, my, you know, oh, my brief time on the west coast. Yeah, yeah. you know. Or a detective who will travel. So, so why can't we have a private investigator for Caleb Williams? Yes, that's, that's yes. what Speaks is asking. Yeah, so we have a hard enough time like paying people here. Right, 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 right. Let right. alone someone outside of the organization to mm. investigate Caleb Williams. I bet we could find a detective who's willing pro bono to investigate Caleb Williams. Or this private investigator brought to you by Rinaldi's West Loop. <laughs> Let's, hey, Tate, is not, that, is that these, legal? The Chicago saying, window guys. Don't, present. Oh, please, please don't incorporate the sponsors into this nonsense. I don't love the idea of be like. Go ahead. Oh, God. Go ahead. Like, what potential landmines come up well, with a radio station great. hiring a pro bono investigator into a young man's personal life? Go ahead, Tate. Yeah, Can you suggest saying. any of them that would be a problem? With it? Go ahead. I'm just going to say I can't find one redeeming quality of that idea. There are no bad ideas. Uh-huh. Mind yeah, yeah, yeah. you, maybe, there are no bad ideas. Maybe if there was like a city detective. It was just vacationing out there in Beverly Hills. He's like you a know? public defender. He's doing it for free anyway, I don't know. right? I'm thinking like a hard scrabbled, like no nonsense, a feisty digging city detective, and he, he infiltrates Beverly Hills and makes sure that there's no banana in the tailpipe. You know what I mean? <laughs> we, all, we all get it. It's a all fun right, movie. We all understand. Hey, Daniel Norris likes it. Or <laughs> Fickner. 
<laughs> he hasn't been in something in a while. Oh, our actor friend Bill Fickner. He's got some Buffalo Bills frustration He's to work out. Got to have some USC connections. Has to. Or he maybe could just yeah play a private eye. This could be like that's uh, what I was going for. Studying yeah. for his next role. Oh, yeah. that's a good right. call. Yeah. Pulling, pulling his Daniel Day Lewis. All right, getting into the role. I'm going to say after Tanny's wise interjections, I now do see the potential flaw in this plan. And I don't know how that this would ever get out, other than the fact that we're talking on fifty thousand watts and (laughs) internet and all that. Uh But imagine that young man finding out a Chicago radio station (laughs) hired a pro bono detective. I can hear it on the news now. Hired a private investigator. (laughs) It's a bad idea. It's a bad idea. We don't sign off on it. Not all ideas are good. No. They're not. We say them out loud sometimes. Yeah, we, exactly. Yeah. We we workshop them. That's right. And then we dismiss them. Mm-hmm. It's not. We're gonna we're gonna call people who knows them and hope that they can <laughs> do interviews. All of this could be avoided <laughs> if his dad Carl would just call me back. That, right, there you right. go. We're working. Caleb, on Caleb, we tried. Talk to your dad. Didn't call the producer back. <laughs> we're working on it. And, and the report would be two Chicago radio hosts oh. are in hot water <laughs> for possibly costing the Bears a top draft right. pick. Right. Right. But their principled producer tried to stop them. <laughs> <laughs> the Chris Tannehill story. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I wish you were here every day. One day in particular, looking back, well, I wish no, you were here. No vacation days. <laughs> it can't happen. No. And then you guys wouldn't fall in the rankings again because Tanny did try to stop you. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Okay. Okay. Well, 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 uh, well. I think your your idea is right. Request interviews and try <laughs> to ask good questions. We'll do our very best yeah. to, to, to get insight for Caleb Williams, the old-fashioned way. Uh-huh. Ryan Poles can hire the detective. That seems more up his alley. And, of course, as Bernsey loves, the forensic... Uh, yeah, the forensic account. Forensic accounting. Well, that's what they're doing on the Midday Show. That's what Dan, and, that's what Dan is sanctioning. <laughs> that know? show is oftentimes as fun as forensic accounting. <laughs> and it's just they... I mean, his reaction... There's that, forensic accounting research that needs to be done. Wow. What? <laughs> wow. Has anybody has oh. anybody ever been turned on by something less sexy than forensic accounting? Chicken Dan- sausages? David Hall with chicken sausages? Oh, those Stop. Are good. Those Stop. are good, though. Stop. Those are good. What? There's forensic accounting research that needs to be done. Wow. What? Wow. Oh, so many chicken sausages. Just saying. All right, so you are back from the Dominican Republic. Yeah. You have stories. I do. But... You also have a lifestyle and hygiene question that you'd like to pose to the room. Okay. Hmm. I'm very excited. I'm very excited to see. It's going to top the private investigator into Caleb Williams. I know that. It's Parkinson Spiegel on the score. There's forensic accounting research that needs to be done. Wow. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. We can erase it from the FCC. Afternoons on the score. We're Spigs. Shout out to all my Dominican people out there. He's back from the annual trip to the islands. Only one trip. Only one trip. Yeah, last year. year there was a lot. It's true. Times are a little tighter these days. Oh, that'll happen. Yeah, it'll happen, right? But um, it's lovely down there. What do you mean? Vacation. He says he needs a vacation. He needs some time off to let loose. I, uh, I, I love going down there because of the, uh, the people... The vibe, everybody, a lot of a lot of very happy and kind, vibrant people I seem to run into down I've never there. Been. You know, it's 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 nice. It's uh, it's lovely this time of year. I'm sure, I, I yeah. would love to go. My brother's the one. Like he's the one. He, he loves it down there, and he doesn't he doesn't stay on resorts. So when we go down there, we're not we're not on a resort. We're like 
uh, in a little two-bedroom condo, like on right there on the beach, and he can walk down the beach to the town. And it's 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 nice, but it's it's definitely a little grittier. It's a little you gotta be a little more confident. And he knows Spanish real well, which is very, that helps. That's very very helpful. <laughs> yeah. But um, didn't go and find baseball this time. Didn't really get a chance to go and seek out baseball. Oh, I know we were lied to. Yeah, I I thought I was going to, <laughs> but it, it it didn't end up presenting itself. Um, but it was it it was it's lovely. Like you know, it was sitting in beach chairs. Um. On the ocean, having margaritas while the waves hit your legs. Let's go. Man, I mean, what's better than that? Right? Especially when we're all freezing our ass off over I know, here. Yeah. I know. But I wanted to ask you just about an aspect that um, that my brother has, has, has taken to. He's, he's really, I, he's getting very close to the ocean. Like... Well, that's good. Yeah. My so I grew up like right on the ocean. I mean, I grew up <laughs> where I walked to it every day. I, I lived on the same block as the ocean. <laughs> amazing. You're neighbors with the ocean. That's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> Just the one block that had the ocean. When I got down there, my brother had been down there for three weeks. Oof, nice. Yeah. He had yet to shower. What? He had yet to shower. He used the ocean. No. Every day. <laughs> Swam in the ocean every single day and felt the magical cleansing power of salt water. Just his one-stop one stop shop of a car wash. Would he go out there and... So he just swims? Yep. No soap. No soap. He just swims in the ocean. Ocean man from prehistoric times. Comes out of the ocean and yeah. says, I'm clean I'm, now. I am now clean. How um, so let, did he smell? He smelled great. He smelled great. He said he felt great. Sometimes he would pick up some sand and use it, like, to, like rub it as like a sort of a pumice stone against the feet. Like an exfoliation kind of thing? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. They should have a fragrance that smells like the beach. <laughs> there you but go. Think about Seinfeld it. Seinfeld reference. Thank mm-hmm. you. People lived for thousands and thousands and thousands of years just simply using the power of the ocean to clean themselves. Yeah, and, and then we figured themselves. it out. I, was he using deodorant? I don't know about that. I didn't ask. Okay. I didn't ask. I hope so. I He smelled great. He looked good. I'm not saying looked he healthy. It. I'm not saying look healthier. Uh, I hadn't seen him in a while. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what I'm comparing okay. to. Okay. Yeah, well, your I don't brother. Know, yeah, right. Um, yeah, I mean, he looked good. He said, he said he felt good. You know what it is? Like when you go swim in the ocean, it's it's very invigorating when the waves like beat you up a little bit and you get out and you're like, yeah, my muscles are strong. Yes. No, the, the regenerative power of the ocean, the healing power of the ocean, uh-huh. the man with earth power. Yes. All of those things. The hippy dippy the cle- oneness. The cleanliness part of the ocean. <sighs> I'm not as familiar with that. I, I know a decent, not a ton, but a little bit about people who say I need the ocean for healing or the ocean is, yes. it allows my mind to expand. I don't like to be landlocked. Like uh, claustrophobic sure. people. Like to be, I, Psychologically, I, I, there's y- a lot going y- on there. A lot going on there. My question is hygienically. I've never experienced anything like that i'm i'm skeptical is he insane is the question maybe i i didn't smell him i but (laughs) i smelled great smelled great looked great felt great i'm the 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 feeling i get the looking i get it's the smelling 
All right. Was about. not a problem. Obvious question here, Speaks. Yeah. What parts of your brother did you get a whiff of? Oh, interesting <laughs> That's question. That's a great question. It, like it, the oh. exterior, but if you're not smelling other parts that... I, did, I didn't smell the interior. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I'm talking about like in yes. public, the parts you wouldn't expose... Th- th- that couldn't smell that great. I, I, I don't. I don't agree. I think. I think. Look, salt. Here's the question: mm. Is salt um, automatically a bacteria killer, as the texture suggests? I don't know. I know that. Um, I mean, do people gargle with salt water? When you have a canker sore, yeah. you got an interior sore in your mouth. What are you told to do? Gargle with salt water. Right. That it cleans it all up. You know, right? When you have uh, you have skin problems or skin issues, oftentimes people will go into the ocean and use salt water and use sand to uh, exfoliate and and strengthen their skin. I think there's a lot going on here with the regenerative, regenerative, as you say, and restorative power of the ocean. Yeah, I mean, by definition, maybe not by definition, but one of the properties of salt, just like you've been using cooking, is to extract moisture. So I guess within that moisture can be bacteria that you're removing from either the surface of the skin or just below the surface of the skin. Uh But I don't think it could solve body odor. I don't think salt water can be the one thing... That's solving your brother's body. Well, not saying your brother had body odor, but like he, he, he has I mean, if you don't shower for three weeks, anyone would have body odor. You would think so. You'd think so, but if, you're really if, just becoming closer to the earth. Okay, so it, but so it's a spiritual thing. It, it's, it's a mind over matter thing. It, yeah, it, 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 yeah, but it, he didn't seem dirty. Didn't smell dirty. Didn't look dirty to me. Again, what parts of him are you smelling? <laughs> Not the interior. I wish I were closer to the earth right now. <laughs> like six feet below? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> closer <laughs> to the interior of the earth? You go even deeper if you'd like. Mm. Yeah. Did he lie? Did he shower and just acted like he was no. cool? I texted him today and he said two days ago he finally took a shower and used shampoo and he thought his hair <laughs> felt really good. His hair was really soft. Okay. He so noticed it was soft. Once he got home, he still continued the no showering? He's not home yet. He's a lucky man. He's there for a long time. Mm. <laughs> Call those prisoners. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, think about it. Thousands of years, people used the ocean. That's all they had. Okay, but, right, but did they smell? I don't know. No one's no one is disputing that before yeah. I will say Dove yeah. that we, we use the ocean and bodies of water to clean ourselves. No one's disputing that. They also um lived for a lot shorter of a lifespan, right? Right. Like aluminum in deodorant is horrible for you. But if Tanny stops using deodorant with aluminum, I'm gonna quit my job. Right. It like Tanny, there are some things that, that might down. not be good for you, uh-huh. but are better for the collective and better for the people around you. I sat next to him on a couch, sat next to him in chairs, next to him in the car. Everything everything was fine. There was zero body odor issues. But in I mean, the I, places you could smell. I but I thought like also there was something about like you're supposed to like rinse off after you get out of the ocean. Like kind of like, Yeah. Clean your I think that's the pool. Yeah, it might be chlorine, not salt. Yeah. Not why you should never skip a rinse after a swim in the ocean. Bodyandsoul.com. Uh-oh. I'm just saying. Yeah. It's uh, you know, West Loop Tom Texan wonders about the bidet uh, aspect of, of of the ocean and that is, you know, it's it's part of the part of the calculus. It's been a while. Uh, since I would you've say been in the ocean. Really? Yeah, I've been in the ocean. It's been a while. I'm going to dare you next time you're at the ocean to spend a week without showering and just use the ocean and see how you feel. Was your no? I, I pass on <laughs> your dare. Um, was your brother with someone there? His wife wasn't there for the first couple of weeks. Wife wasn't there for the first couple yeah. of weeks. She got there. He took a bar of soap out into the ocean and and used that. 
how considerate. I thought that was she, She's a lucky girl. He go. He gets to go to the Dominican. She for, understands his instincts. Yeah, no, of course. His, no, his I, desire yeah, to yeah. be one with the earth and the ocean. Okay. There's got to, you know, there, there's got to be some methodology here. It, it, it seemed like it made sense to me. I, I mean, yeah. I, I admired it, frankly. Did you try it? For a couple of days. You yeah. went a couple of days without showering? Yeah, I did. I went, went a couple of days without showering. How did uh, felt great? How did Christine feel? She was fine with it. Okay, I, I believe. Okay, unless otherwise instructed. I I don't know. I have not been otherwise instructed. Ronnie is in Milwaukee and wants to weigh in. Good luck, Ronnie. Yes, I've been using a salt a Thai salt stick for twenty five years. It neutralizes, eliminates odor. You use body towel to control perspiration. And it's not an issue. It's a lot healthier because so many deodorants have loaded aluminum in them, and that's bad for your lymph nodes. So been doing the salt stick thing for 25 years. No complaints from anybody. No complaints from my wife. And it's actually preserved a lot of my clothes because when I sweat, it's not that dark sweat with minerals or other things that sometimes permeates your clothes or the collar of your neck. I have shirts that have lasted me 10, 15 years, clean, good, so all good. That's really interesting. (laughs) Yeah, I just talked to Ronnie's brother. He smells like trash. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, we've been trying to, we've been lying to him for like 25 years, dude. I don't know what you're talking about. Says his wife is fine with it. Yeah, he's paying her. They're doing okay. What a thing. Uh, There wasn't a a, a week, weeks. There was an outdoor shower. There was an outdoor shower, so he would rinse off. He would rinse off with the... the and soap? No. No soap. <laughs> yeah, no there soap. was an outdoor shower. He was using it every day with soap and shampoo. No so soap. So maybe it was that made him smell good? I he just know. didn't use an indoor shower. That's <laughs> no, no soap, no shampoo. But I, I suppose I should have should have. <laughs> suppose I should have shared that. Come on, dude. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, but no, but no, no soap is still... No soap for three weeks is still... Yes. No soap, no shampoo, no cleaning products. All right. But a shower. But by the way, I guess it was a shower. All right. I, I'm i not going to try it. You're not, huh? I'm not going to try it. But you're getting a decent amount of support on the text line and from Ronnie in Milwaukee. Yeah, well, Ronnie. So I think you got to feel vindicated here. <laughs> See, that's a mean text. Salt guy caller sounds disgusting. I could be wrong. <laughs> I don't think so. I can hear the body odor in his voice. <laughs> the guy sounded like body odor. That's tough. All right. Well. Anyway. No shortstop, but... You're going to stop showering. Yeah. Uh, so good luck, everybody. <laughs> okay. Just need the ocean. Here. I need to get to the ocean, man. That sounds so nice. Sounds so good. Aren't you going soon? No. I got no? nothing. I got nothing, you got nothing, nothing on the horizon? I'm going to New York in March for a couple of days. There's an ocean around there. <laughs> There's an ocean near there. But I'm going to be in the city. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So not, not oh, good. that's going to be a fun thing. I look forward to, uh, yeah, to hearing about that thing. Yeah. It should be fun. But no, no, no vacation on the books. I got to get one going. How about a book tour? Will there be a book tour when the Locally, book comes out? Yeah, yeah. It's a neighborhood bu- bookstores and temples and yeah, things like that. Yeah. That, that's a, it's not, it's not going to be an international book tour. But if, if, if someone wants to, to hire you and to hire a- us out, and fly us out, we would do it. No questions asked. Sounds like a, uh, it, 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 it'd be a good one for like an NBA league tour. That would be, that'd be awesome. Yeah, get on it, Adam Silver. That would be fantastic. 
But no, I think we'll probably be local. You talked about the book last week, right? I missed that. The Did, pi- pipeline to the pros. Yep. How D three small college nobody's rose to rule the NBA. Yeah, I'm going to figure out ways to like work it into the show and like provide sports content and that, and uh, people will get sick of me talking about it. But it's going well, man. We're like number one in the sports category for new releases for pre-orders for like the last four days right now. Yeah, ever since talking about it on the show last week, we're the number one sports book on Amazon for uh, for pre-orders. Yeah, congratulations. That's, that's crazy. K- kind of crazy. Yeah, we're, we're up there with Billy Walters' book, which is just kind of ridiculous. Billy Walters is the former poker player. The gambler, like who had like the gambling with Phil Mickelson stories mm-hmm. and, and all of that. Yeah, so I mean, obviously I think it's like when a new podcast comes in and the algorithm gets, oh, you got, went from zero to 50 listeners. You're the fastest growing pot, you know? So I don't know that it'll sustain at that rate, but it's uh, pretty awesome. How has that gone on uh, on the socials? Is it just a new way for people to make fun of you? Obviously. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's, there, there's, there's... I nailed that. There's some that was a good positive, guess. There's some positive feedback. It's Parkinson Spiegel on the score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. It's been a long four hours. Afternoon on the score. So the Bulls play the Raptors tonight. You'll be able to hear it right here on the score. But my goodness, like they're a bad team without much of a future that also has crazy terrible luck. The Lonzo Ball injury is obviously a historic injury. Just derailed the entire initial vision of this regime, and they've never recovered. Some of that by choice, some of that by happenstance. And it's sports tragic. You know what I mean? Obviously, he's made his money and is rich, famous, all those things. But, like, the guy's career might be over Yeah, in his early 20s. It's, it's sports sad. But then, okay, Zach Levine has a very good season last year once he gets healthy. Then this year, he plays terribly for 19 games, requests a trade. A breakup is coming. It is imminent. Ever since then, he's been injured. Can't really trade an injured guy on a max contract who is playing badly. Came back and was trying to play team ball and showcase it a little bit. And Maybe they were going to get to do one of those bad trades, which would still be removal. And now he's hurt and you can't really trade him. Patrick, I think. Patrick Williams, he's out at least two weeks with a diagnosis that sounds uncertain yeah. and kind of scary. I don't mean in like a life-threatening way or even in a Lonzo Ball way, but like a, an unspecified, undetermined, unknown. Ac- active rest, dude. They're, they're prescribing active rest. I'm sorry, but that's always going to freak me out, Luol Dang. So acute bone edema, is that how it's pronounced? Edema. Edema, I'm sorry. Uh, Fluid in the bone marrow in your foot? That's horrifying. That can't be good or easy to solve. Edema is usually, you can see when people have like legs that are thicker, ankles that are thicker. It's usually, it's, it's swelling inside the tissue from like extra fluid. I haven't really even heard of it as a thing inside a bone. In the marrow. So he's Scary. Got, he's got swelling in his foot. This is from Billy Donovan. He's got swelling in his foot. We're going to wait a few weeks to see how well they can get it calmed down. He had been nursing that for several games, and it became too uncomfortable to play. Okay. Man. So, I mean, they've had some spirited games with effort, and Kobe White has been the best story of the season 
by far and maybe is emerging into something. And sometimes there is less is more or addition by subtraction or, mm-hmm. you know, all those things. But that's short term. Patrick Williams, he's a restricted free agent this summer. Yeah. This kid's trying to make generational money for him and his family and prove anything in his NBA career that he can do with a degree of consistency. That's over now. He's not going to be able to put together a stretch of basketball this year with this injury, with this amount of time left in the year uh, to put out like really consistent games. Yeah, so it's ba- it's very bad luck for him, obviously. But I'm just saying it, it, it's circle – right, so maybe they get a discount on him or something in restricted free agency, mm-hmm. but it just muddies the water into what he can be or can't be, and he's the first guy that this regime drafted. Like, he, he matters. He's young. Like, he – he matters to if the, if there's a future for the Bulls uh, that is bright. Like if you think you see light at the end of the tunnel, it has to include him. Yeah, or and if it doesn't, that light is even further off in the distance. You know, you know. So it's just it's just yeah, it's more bad news for him than the team, but it's also bad news for the team. Yeah, I, well, you have to you have to take the opportunities as a team and as individual players that present themselves and see if you can show something that makes a future look conceivable. Kobe White did a great job in Zach Levine's absence and continues to do so in terms of showing what he can do, having his game progress and the team has played better often without Zach with Kobe stepping up. This is a moment for Julian Phillips to showcase what he can do as 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 a young guy being given a chance and maybe maybe he leapfrogs Patrick Williams in the rotation when Patrick Williams comes back if Julian Phillips is really really good here for a few weeks you know to be anything of consequence moving forward you need both of those young men but it, it, this is what it is. This is this is pro sports. Got to take the opportunity and run with it. No, no question. It's just it's kind of wild that it's a combination of bad planning, mediocre talent, and horrific luck. Yeah. There really isn't, other than Kobe White, which is a a great thing. He's been, he's displaying a potentially very, very high ceiling, and that is a very, very good thing. And Io, they've got a really good young eighth player. Okay, sure. Sure. Or seven. And he's an amazing local kid made good story sure. and all of that. But you don't find a team there. That, right, that's what I'm right. That's uh, I know. Exactly. That's I'm, Kobe White has a shot to be a top 3 player on a good team. Is how I've kind of transitioned into talking about yeah. it. Yeah. Let's do a little more Bulls tomorrow. I miss talking Bulls with you. We both yeah, love it. Sure. So let's do a little more. Yeah, I'll be watching tonight. Uh so we will do that on the show tomorrow. We had Chuck Swirsky on the show today who had an incredible outlook about turning 70 and aging and broadcasting and Happy positivity. Birthday, let's get that man a win tonight. Yes. Well, not let's, but they should get that man a yeah. win. Let that man dance on his birthday. You know he wants to. Mm-hmm. Thank you to Connor O'Donnell, Kevin Lapka, Twitch chat, video stream. Thank you, sirs. Shane Reardon, our executive producer. Thank you, sir. Chris Tannehill making us sound better than we are each and every day. For Matt Spiegel, I'm Danny Parkins. We're Parkins and Spiegel. This is the score. At the end, got away from us. So, no, that wasn't any fun. So, I don't think about that. That's, you know, what's next is for later, not now for me. T Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> 